0: Do you like your stories told through pictures, then you can also follow us at RealNerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show.
1: Here we go again, it's our film's explosion, A movie countdown of real devotion. It could get long, so bring your ibuprofen. I'm telling you all it's a film explosion. What's got the best acting? What's got the best direction? The cream of, of the crop, crop. Here's our selection from comedy to drama, even black exploitation. I'm telling you all it's a film explosion. I'm telling
2: you all, film explosion! Film explosion!
0: Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and podcast our experience to the world. Except this week, when there's really nothing out, we go back in time to 2002 to do a film explosion where we count down our 10 favorite films. And I'm joined in a room with three other people. I'm going to start to my right.
3: My name is Zach. Um, I'm a dude. I do he's, think. he's
0: a Leo. He likes long walks on I'm the extra, beach. I'm a Pisces. Oh, he, I don't know.
3: I, I'm, a, I'm a Pisces. Oh,
0: wait. Leo's like now, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think Leo's right I now. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything. It is the time of Leo. Leo the lion from MGM. Am I right? <laughs> 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 uh, Kill me now.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, Corinne is also here.
4: Hello, everybody. She's Welcome
0: representing the uh, space frontier with NASA.
4: Indeed. I have mm-hmm. a shirt I won from an arcade with my sister on right now. So. Nice. That's
0: a it's good like, shirt to win at an arcade.
4: Yeah, it's like the NASA logo, but it's the Death Star with the X-Wing flying away. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah. Brad, you're also here. I am. You're one of the original real nerds. That is a fact. We're probably the best real nerds because, you know, it's us. You've been us. around the longest. Best real nerds,
3: best, li- best list. I mean, it's, totally. very, it's very easy to podcast on the roof or out in the street, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You know,
0: Brad out and I have podcasted in restaurants, uh, in movie theaters, in parking lots, and parking, parking lots. Mm-hmm.
3: What do you say? What would you say is the weirdest place you've podcasted from?
4: Your mother's basement, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yeah, that,
0: that's a good question. I don't think it's even been weird. It's a carriage yeah. house, <laughs> probably the most. Uh, my favorite place is the Telluride Horror Show. I always love yeah. being in that, uh, <laughs> that Opera House. The Opera House there. That was always cool. Yeah. I, I know you guys had done it before, but
3: when we recorded Samurai Cop 2 at a Denny's, one night, or no, a Village Inn one night, that felt weirdly, really, really strange in I retrospect.
5: Think we did the second or third episode from um, Two Fisted Mario's Pizza Place we downtown. We did.
3: Mm-hmm. This podcast yeah. has been everywhere. What's man? that, NEPCast? Yeah. I don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I
0: know. I, I know we've definitely recorded a podcast there. Yeah. Yes. So Brad and I go so far back is even before this podcast. It's on its 11th year. And this is really fun. I, I do love these episodes because it I love... It gets you
5: out of seeing other movies for the
0: week. <laughs> no, no. I don't mind. Obviously, I don't mind seeing movies. I try to see them every week. Except for this week. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's hard because like now they're not showing them late at night. You know, it's... Unless it's Saturday. Yeah, it's, and I work Saturdays, which... Sucks. So tonight I was gonna go see a movie when I left here, but they're all done at like eight thirty. Yeah,
5: and it's only gonna get worse because I mean this is summer and By winter now, they're gonna cut the hours even more.
0: I think we're gonna have to wait till Halloween kills before movies start picking up again. Yeah, agreed.
3: I mean it makes sense. One of the best franchises in history would bring the box office back to fruition.
0: I know. I have a a friend who's also a coworker, and she's really wonderful. And when I was done training her, uh, she sent me a Rod Stewart signed eight by ten with
6: Aww. the
0: certificate of authenticity. That when you click on it, you actually see him signing it. It's crazy. And then um, out of the clear blue, she because I must talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know. Um, Weird. I know. <laughs> and but like you know, I, I don't think it's part of my normal.
5: Yeah. You. But, I didn't even know you liked that. Really? Yeah.
4: You've huh, never weird. talked about it before. Uh, so
0: anyways, I one day I came into work and she got me a signed Sarah Michelle Gellar Buffy poster. Aww. And uh, she's just a really good person. So we we were talking via text because we have an uh, officer whose wife's going to have a baby soon. So I'm just looking for people to cover certain shifts. And she's picking one up and she says, oh, by the way, I have a signed john carpenter halloween poster coming for you so sorry zach so yeah
3: damn i know i feel i feel virtually no regret now for my list today <laughs> Yo, you'll still feel it when
5: i who is this you. person because i haven't gotten to do that much stuff over the years
0: i know right Nice. Her, her name's Brittany. She's very nice.
3: It's... it's Really nice. Yeah. His friend is named Visa. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and Master
5: Card. You made him up to get out of, like, <laughs> Laura finding out. Yeah, like, totally. My coworker got yeah, this. so weird. <laughs> her name's Brittany. She's yeah. really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, she's just one of those people that I connected with really quickly because she likes the same stuff yeah. I do. The Avalanche, Buffy. Um, but she likes Sarah Michelle Gellar from Cru- Cruel Intentions. Um.
3: But that's we, okay too. We all have we all have our ways. We enjoy Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, you it's Scooby Doo she, on
0: Buffy. She's awesome. But <laughs> awesome. enough about Sarah Michelle. This is she's buff. a
3: voice in the animated turtles movie. She is two thousand
5: seven.
0: She is. She does that a lot now. She does a lot of uh, voice work. Um, mm-hmm. She gonna be in Clerks three. She is gonna be in Clerks three. Good for her. But right. so I already kind of touched on this at the beginning. I don't know what beginning you're actually going to use, Brad. But. Um, we each have a list of our 10 favorite films from 2002. And only one of us has the best list. Which would be me. <laughs> and the uh, the caveat for this always is, I don't care what people think is the best film of 2002. This is my favorite movies from 2002, much like the rest of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad did an awesome job with the Spider-Man, pre-MCU Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, where it's kind of the 3D webbing and... The PlayStation 3 logo. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, we all each pick 10 films. Brad is the only one who knows everybody's film because he puts together a Blu-ray in a specific order to best maximize your time here. And we play the trailer. Then we talk about the film. And Brad, surprisingly, is going first. And this is, not like, not a setup at all.
5: Uh, that rarely happens. So, I, know. I, was, I was pretty excited.
0: So... Brad, what is your 10th favorite film of 2002? Uh,
5: yeah, this is a. I, I'd say my list was really a, a top nine, and 10 was just like, what do I put in here? I had a Run, Ronnie, Run in there for the longest time, and I watched it the other night. And I was like, I like Mr. Show, but this is not the Mr. Show movie that, it, like, <laughs> Asking Fat is, like, the funniest thing in it. Um, so I, I, I removed it kind of the last minute and replaced it with a movie that. Um, I saw in my documentary class um, and we didn't get to finish in class and I immediately rushed out to rent it and watch it and this is my number 10. It's the height of creativity.
0: People will ask, uh, well, what is
2: the Motown sound? Okay, it was the musicians. In the small confines of Studio A, myself and the rest of the musicians didn't realize what an impact we'd have on the rest of the world.
0: there really wouldn't be a time.
6: This is
1: the spot where a whole lot of stuff
2: happens. Ain't no I managed to kick the amplifier, you know, it's one of these old amps and it kicked and it... <laughs> 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 he could hear another time in his head and be playing cut time against what you're playing, and it would fit. No it wasn't about no color or nothing, man, they just loved his yep, music. Yep, all that's the cats in the hood. Man,
5: that's bad. They called us the Oreo cookie guitar section because Robert White sat to my right
1: and Eddie Willis sat to my left and the white boy
2: Artisan Entertainment invites you to meet the unheralded heroes of Motown hear the untold stories and journey to the heart of America's soul Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Motown was America's introduction to soul music.
5: So yeah, my number 10 is Standing in the Shadows of Motown. It's a document about the uh, origins of Motown music um, and its effect on uh, culture.
0: I want to see that because I've never seen it. I love Motown yeah it's like it's not the best music you can ever hear. yeah, like I said to.
5: in the trailer I didn't say in the trailer, but uh, it printed on screen because people are listening to this, they can't see it., um, Yeah, more, they had more hits than like the Rolling Stones, Elvis, The Beatles, and someone else combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's true because it's like such a like a background sound in our culture now that you just forget that like mm-hmm. it's not a single artist. It's a bunch of studio musicians that played on all these different artists tracks. So, they all get credit for that.
0: So, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's the sound of America. I really do. I, um, one of the coolest museums I've ever been to is in Nashville, and it's the National Museum of African American Music. And they have a whole, like, hall dedicated to Motown. And when you go in there, they have these interactive screens that you just listen to the music and you can download the playlists to Spotify and then. Listen to it after you leave. Sweet. It's If you're ever in Nashville, you should go to that museum. And I think it's free on Wednesdays. Um, not that it matters, but it, it's really fun. And um, it was the most joyous museum I've ever been to. So if you're in Nashville, check out that museum. Because Motown is phenomenal. I love that stuff.
4: Sounds cool. Yeah.
0: I want to check this one out when you do that, I can hear you tap them. Be careful. There you go. There you go. Zach, number 10.
3: All right. Well, my number 10 is going to make Brad seem even more pretentious than me. Um, I, uh, this is a film that probably shouldn't be on any list, but I'm a purist. I'm loyal to what I love. And at the time, <laughs> I, this I remember re-watching this film along with three other films like Crazy every Friday and Saturday for like four weeks in a row. So there are some very positive memories with this garbage film. <laughs> and here it is.
2: Tomorrow night, you will enter the childhood home of our most brutal mass murderer. The home has been rigged up with several cameras, but for the most part, the audience will see... Only what you see.
4: Are you sure they're not just putting us in some house with hidden cameras in the shower? This
2: is gonna be fun. The windows will be boarded up and all the doors will be locked shut behind them. No one will be allowed to leave until the show is over. Let the danger-tainment begin! You think this is the one that he used to, you know,
1: do his thing? One flash and you could light up a thousand computer screens. You are like this to get him voted off the island. Wait, what just happened? We just lost Bill's camera. There's somebody in the hall.
4: Michael's here! Run! Run! Please help! please tell us.
1: Hello, Michael. I knew you'd come sooner or later. What took you so
6: long? The
3: tree, mother So yeah, my number 10 is Halloween Resurrection Um <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I say that, but I pre-ordered the 4K collection with it in it.
3: <laughs> you motherfucker, really?
0: That movie has a
5: 4K edition. I can't get Bros. I, I,
3: <laughs> I have no choice because they didn't do a good up-res in the original collection.
5: Yeah, you also don't have another choice because they're not releasing those separately. You have yeah, yeah. The I know. Set.
0: I know. But it's some fine. Licensing I, agreement because Miramax is like, we need to recover some of that money we had to pay out to the victims. Yeah. So, but anyway, Halloween
3: Resurrection is pretty disastrous on all fronts from a production front and execution front. However, 13, 12 and 13-year-old Zach didn't know the difference between a good Halloween film and a bad Halloween film yet, so he just enjoyed the Laurie Strode timeline. He wasn't a big fan of the Jamie Lloyd timeline, <laughs> so he was just like, well, okay, this maybe, what, maybe they'll explain why this is actually important in Halloween 9, which of course never happened. Um, but uh, I remember... Trying to figure out why the 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 way they explain Michael coming back to life is so overtly convoluted and dumb. As a kid, I was just like, "Oh, that's clever. That's pretty fucking clever." And as I'm older, I'm just like, "This is a garbage
0: explanation." <laughs> well, you know, they—if you watch the special features—they tell you mm-hmm. that when they originally wrote H two O, they were going to kill Michael in it, and that's the only reason. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis would come back.
3: And that, of course, was not on uh, Mustafa Khad's mind or the Weinstein's yeah, mind. Yeah, and he says, You can't kill Michael Myers. Yep. <laughs> uh,
4: and yes, that is Tyra Banks that I saw in the trailers. Yes, it so, yep. Is. That is
3: Tyra Banks. Huh. Uh, and Busta, Busta Rhymes. Um, you know, I rewatched this film a few times in going through my Halloween fandom. It's probably the one I've watched in recent years the least. Mm-hmm. But. There's some there's some fun kills in it. It's not completely devoid of entertainment. It's, oh no!
0: I mean, it's not devoid of dangertainment, that's for sure. Yeah,
3: no, it's filled with dangertainment <laughs> up in that motherfucker. Um, but you just, I, I think this is really strictly a case of you know what I liked doing on a Saturday on a Friday and Saturday night is getting a bowl of microwave popcorn, a bunch of Mike and Ikes sitting in front of my television and watching, Halloween's one, two, H two O, and this back to back to back. And then going through all the special features, and this was part of it. And actually, Dimension didn't at the time didn't really skimp on special features for mm. this movie. It's got plenty of special features, deleted scenes, better endings to the movie. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's if you're a Halloween purist, you're gonna watch it at one point and then probably shut it off. I can go back to it. I can enjoy and kick back and watch the... I love when Buster Rhymes is in a Michael Myers suit talking to Michael Myers, and it just turns into this stupid comedy routine for no reason.
0: I feel this way about this movie as I do about A New Beginning and Friday the 13th, -hmm. where I go, man, I'm going to watch it this time. And this time, even though I've seen it six or seven times, is going to be the time where I go, there's some hidden value here. And every time I watch it, I go, nope.
3: Yeah, no. There's there's nothing in the way, what sucks is that it's Rick Rosenthal behind mm-hmm. the camera again. So you'd think there'd be something. I mean, there's
0: some suspense in it. I think it, there's some moments when they're inside the house that work really well.
3: Right, but it but the the the, the parts don't uh, overcome the value of the whole. Agreed. Uh, unfortunately, and I like watching any chance I can to watch Jamie Lee Curtis play Laurie. This is by far her like going like all right, I'm fulfilling my contract and then I'm getting the fuck off. I'm getting the fuck off this set. I'm done. So thankfully, David Gordon Green corrected that shit. Yep. So anyway, that's my number 10. Halloween Resurrection.
0: Trick or treat, motherfucker. Corinne, your number 10, I'm guessing, is some sort of anime none of us have seen.
4: Uh, No, actually, oh, okay. it's a British uh, movie. It does have some British people in it, and it's set in Britain. Yes. I knew it. It's, I fucking
0: knew it. It's
5: pretty cool.
4: Yeah, it's uh, just, you know, King Leonidas and Batman teaming up to take down dragons.
2: been awakened that has lain dormant for millions of years a species older than the dinosaurs and more terrifying than anything we could have imagined how did they go from one to a million in less than a year highly evolved they have great vision in the day they have even better vision at night Extremely intelligent. He's playing hunting. All I can, mouse. Unbelievably powerful. Two glands in the mouth. secrete separate chemicals.
1: Combine an exhalation, nitro napalm. Good luck.
2: Now, one will protect them. We have to hang on. Work together. And one will lead them. There's nothing magical about it. They're made of flesh
1: and blood. You take out their heart, you bring down the beast. We
2: found out where they started. We're going to London this summer. Vertical one up. The plan is set. 1600 yards, closing fast. The arsenal has been assembled. Get ready to rock and roll, children! And they've got one chance to take back. Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale. Rain of
6: Fire.
4: So, my number 10 is Reign of Fire, which I remember watching with my mom after Phantom of the Opera came out in 2004, 2005. We got really into Gerard Butler's filmography. And this was what he's like a supporting character in this movie. But, you know, we were like, well, we got to watch it. And it's it's entertaining. I don't know. Like Matthew McConaughey shows up and he's like a crazy American. And then Christian Bale is running around doing whatever. I don't know. They're fighting dragons. There's
0: I mean, my favorite scene is when uh, Matthew McConaughey says, and that's how you kill the dragon and. Uh, Christian Bale says, well,
4: good for you. (laughs) There are two plot points I remember, and that is um, Matthew McConaughey kind of says it a little bit in the trailer, but he's like their vision is like good in the day, even better at night. So like the best time to kill them is like twilight or dusk, and they can't see as well because the light's changing too much. And then at the very end, when they go to London to try to find like, the you know, the main alpha dragon or whatever. Like, it's the only male. Like, I guess all the others are females. And you think, like, the dragons were big before, but then you see the male come in, and you're like, holy fuck, they got to yeah. kill that? So.
0: And they have a great scene where they explain Star Wars. It's really awesome.
4: I haven't seen the movie in ages. I think I've the, only seen it the once or t- maybe twice, but.
0: They, they act out Star Wars, and uh, James and I always talk about it because it's awesome, because that's the story they're telling the children Ah. At, uh, when they're all gathered around. Very
4: nice. Yes. Yeah, I would recommend it. It's just a weird, fun action flick set in the far future, but also has like fantasy elements in it.
0: Oh, that's cool. It's, it's a movie that I debated putting on my list, but I decided to put a lot of other weird stuff on my list. <laughs> Just Does it because. take place
3: in London, twenty twenty four? Twenty,
4: I think it was twenty eighty four. <laughs> oh, so I was gonna. Oh, thank
3: God, we've got about sixty two years. <laughs> yeah, you are good, bro. Oh, thank <laughs> you're Something good.
4: like that. I just. Do you think I could handle a dragon? I don't think I
0: could. I was going to a dragon, so I could roast like some ores. you know, just like, <laughs> and I'd say thanks, pal. <laughs> and he goes, "Don't mention it." And he just flies <laughs> I really away. want to be dragon.
4: <laughs> anyway, my number ten, Reign of Fire.
0: Uh, my number 10 is actually a movie I do enjoy. It is the first film in a seven-film series now. And it comes from a previously established IP. And it really has nothing to do with this IP, but it's fun. And it has a weird heavy metal soundtrack to it. And has a lot of Matrix stuff, like really clean rooms and like kicking and stuff. Um, but there's also a horror element to it and this is my number 10
2: deep underground in a top secret
1: research lab security has been breached a deadly virus capable of contaminating the entire world has been released oh my god we have to get out of this building! What was that? It's the
6: brakes! It's okay, we're here to help.
2: Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. Five hours ago, Rick Queen we went homicide.
1: Who's the Red
2: Queen? State-of-the-art Artificial Intelligence. The corporation's keeping a few secrets down here.
1: But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race.
0: Everyone stay calm. You
4: have
3: to get out. Don't listen to anything she says. She's a holographic representation of the Red Queen. She may be
5: our only way out of here.
2: How is she still standing? She isn't standing now.
6: No one is immune. Resident Evil.
3: You're
0: all going to die down here. Uh, so yeah, my number ten is Resident Evil. Uh, I, I love the Resident Evil series. I actually think the movie, the first movie, is pretty fun. It it's silly, and uh, that song that was in the trailer is god awful. Um, is that the name of the song by Slipknot? Just god awful. I don't know. Um, Should be. But yeah, it, it's. I mean, I cannot believe it started a franchise like that, and it went to six movies with Mia Hovovich, and I think Paul W.S. Anderson directed three or four of them. I know he's involved in... uh, He
3: he, he did the first one, then he... Didn't do the second and third, and then he Did came four, back five, for the six. Yeah, he went through four all to the end.
0: Yeah. Um, and they, each one gets more and more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This That's, one's a little more grounded. This is still the only one I've seen. <laughs> really?
3: Yeah. You gave me the seven, and I still haven't watched the rest
0: <laughs> of them. Uh, but yeah, I have fun with it. Um, it's a zombie movie with sci fi elements, and, and they do incorporate some of the game. Um, yeah. Check it out
4: more convoluted than the blacklist no yes
5: No.
0: nothing is more convoluted <laughs> yeah. than the blacklist uh it's not convoluted it's a team of Mercer or soldier guys who go down to get information from umbrella and they accidentally unleash the t-virus that's not convoluted <laughs> and how dare you bring up the blacklist on this fucking podcast it's James, been so long
3: James Spader plays the underground complex in which they're navigating I mean, that's I, how it's like the blacklist
0: <laughs> I mean I listen to James Spader's voice he's great as Ultron mm-hmm. wouldn't
3: it be great if he played a building <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brad you're number nine
5: uh, my number nine is a pretty cool flick about uh, historical figures
2: Homer. You
6: were an Elvis impersonator. You fell off a stage and broke your hip? Who was it? Twenty years ago.
2: That's where they took a piece of my brain. I got a little bag of sand up there now. Jack, President Kennedy was a white man. They dyed me this color. What we have here at Shady Rest is an Egyptian soul-sucker of some sort. Some kind of Bubba Hotep. You know, a mummy hiding out, feeding on the sleeping. He can just keep on feeding unless he's finally destroyed. All right, man, let's go.
5: Use on you, baby. Yeah, my number nine is Bubba Hotep, which is the movie where Bruce Campbell stars as Elvis, or a person who thinks he's Elvis, and he is living in a senior old old folks uh, old folks home um, and that's being terrorized by a mummy, um, and his friend is JFK, played by Ozzy <laughs> Davis, or somebody who thinks he's JFK. <laughs> And they, just, uh, they both have to try and stop this mummy from stealing all the souls of the retirees one it, by one. It's a
0: really unusual movie. And I didn't put it on my list, but it's always really teetering on it. Because it's one of those movies you really just have to accept the premise. But what I do like, too, is they, oh, they do leave it open that Bruce Campbell could be the real Elvis. Right. Um, they never really answer the question. Uh, but yeah, it, and I like the idea of a monster that feeds off of old people at an old folks home and it, cause it, and just slowly because mm-hmm. it doesn't raise any bars because people in old folks home are going to die anyways. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a fun movie. And Bruce, yeah. yeah, Bruce Campbell's great in it.
5: And uh, I remember I have my DVD copy because we went to see this, I think, The Mayan or something yeah. when it came out and uh, you won the trivia and you already had it. So. I did.
0: I think I won it two nights there. Yeah, well, actually, I have the DVD.
5: I think maybe we went and saw Friday the Thirteenth, and you won it. Yeah, yeah.
0: If there's a Bruce Campbell trivia, I usually win it. I'm pretty good at those ones.
5: So, yeah, I haven't seen it in a, in a long time, but it's cool enough to be on my number nine. Yeah, no,
0: it's definitely a cool movie. Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, Zach, your number nine.
3: Um, my number nine is a film about a television icon uh, with a very, very seedy uh, uh, sideline in his life, and it did not end well for him. And Paul Schrader turned that into a very wonderfully interesting movie. And here it is. Smile.
0: It's a critical time for me. I, I need something big.
2: This could be what you're looking
1: for. This
2: character, Hogan,
1: he's quick on his
2: toes. He's hip. He's a
0: con artist. But I think it's what I've been working toward my whole career.
2: I am such a fan. I just wonder. Picture I...
1: together? You betcha. Smile. Photography's always been my thing. I'm Bob Crane. John. John Carpenter. If you like photography, you wouldn't believe this new equipment they sent me. It'll blow your mind. What will we do with it?
2: All movies one of my clients is having a party up in the hills on friday could be fun
4: are you seeing another woman
2: absolutely not (laughs) oh what's your secret three words don't make waves you're a fortunate man
1: yes i am there could be a very serious conflict here between your lifestyle and your career
6: how many women are there how
2: many thinking about getting out we got a good thing going big daddy why ruin it bob crane is a good guy bob crane's a
1: loser i don't know about you guys
0: i got things to hide
1: i want to restart my career if i were to send you out again i'd have to be able to tell people you're a new man
6: well
2: tell them sex is normal
6: Snap Snap it up,
2: snap
3: it up That's good for you, I'm normal
2: Before it's too late
6: Snap
3: it's, And I have This was the first Paul Schrader Directed film I'd ever seen I don't. I I never saw like American Gigolo Or anything like that prior uh, And I still haven't seen uh, His Ethan Hawke movie That got him a lot of big acclaim A couple years back, but it was interesting to watch a showbiz biopic movie similar to The Aviator where the character is not incredibly likable there's no like higher there's no like high goal he reaches at the very end and then there's like a bunch of t- titles going like he died peacefully in his sleep this was this was a CD fucked up situation that ended horribly and just watching those two circling down this drain is just a very interesting thing to watch it's not like a feel good pop this song movie but it was one of those films that when i saw it at a at the age of like 15 or 16 getting into films like i'm like this is an interesting showbiz biopic and because it's about showbiz comedy in a in tangentially with the hogan's heroes connection you know th- there's some stuff about the history of hogan's heroes that i find interesting like the whole like We're gonna actually make this show that's set in a German concentration camp and make it a sitcom. Like that's that sounds like a dicey proposition. And they go through that in the movie. So there's 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 things for me as a showbiz hound and just as a film fan in general that that the movie works for me on a couple different levels. But it's it's not one I would want to pop on again anytime soon for like kicking back and relaxing. Like I'd be wanting to focus
0: on the story. So. Uh it's autofocus by the way. Yeah, is your number
3: 9? I would have to autofocus. Yes, that's right. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, my number 9 is autofocus.
0: Great Kinnear is great in it.
3: Yes, and Willem Defoes fantastic too. But he is kind of like he's doing the thing he was expected to do around this time, <laughs> which is be very creepy and be a little bit bu- uh, like like wide-eyed and pop I don't think you appreciate how
0: much he sacrificed.
3: No, I don't. He, he's going to have to go back to formula. <laughs>
0: Formula. Bah, the formula we'll get to it corinne you're number nine
4: my number nine is a movie that we watched on our way to the cotton bowl every
2: saturday in every stadium halftime is game time
1: we should be playing.
2: Yeah, Hit him with a little flight of the Bumblebee. Except at Atlanta a A&T. <laughs> Then one day, Devin Miles showed up on campus.
1: I just thought I had a little something-something on the end. Yeah, that'll work. He's got his
2: own attitude.
6: Let's go. Come
2: on. Oh, hell nah. What is last rule of the rule book? If you do not read this rule book, your your head head will be shaved. He's got his own style.
5: I'm sorry, but rehearsals are closed.
1: I can help you out with a couple of them dance moves. Two,
2: three, pop it. But his big ambitions
5: I'm the best drummer
1: you got. You want to prove once for all that I'm better than you? Bring it on.
2: Could cost him everything. You are no longer a member of this band.
4: It's not always about you all the time, Devin.
2: Now What is our concept? One band, one sound. The guy they didn't want Today's BET Classic brings in over 50,000 fans and an even bigger television audience is exactly who they need You want to give him a little taste? Cecil, take off your uniform. To take them to the top. It's showtime.
6: <laughs> Damn.
4: so my number nine is drumline which i remember watching for the first time when my high school band and i were driving to perform at the nerds! cotton bowl <laughs> it was awesome hey, thanks hey, jockey,
0: get a load of those nerds over there
4: Anyway. sentence from
0: 25 years ago. Anybody? I beg your pardon?
4: <laughs> so, drumline is basically exactly what it sounded like in the trailer and the story of like, you know, Nick Cannon's character and his whole bullshit is whatever, but when you get to the performances, it's very immersive, very compelling, keeps you on edge, and especially at the very end when they do the drumline battle, it's just so Fun to watch, so I guess check it out if you haven't seen it before. It's pretty fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Drumline, <laughs> a glow- glowing review. I'm gonna check it out. If I mean, you
4: want. I, I don't know, maybe it's not people's cup of tea. I like it, I, I, I hope other people like it too.
3: I liked it when I saw it the one time, but it's one of those films that I picked up at ARC when I was just stockpiling mm-hmm. Blu rays, so it is on the shelf. and I'm like, I should rewatch Drumline. I don't you know, should.
0: I, I'm such a Asshole that like feel good movies like that. I just they're just too corny for me.
4: You need to find some love in your heart, Ryan. I do.
0: I love Pinocchio. That's it. You know, that's a good one. <laughs> do you hate remember the, the Titans? To you, monster? Mm-hmm. Jesus. No, I love Remember the Titans. Oh, I love um, Remember the Titans. But yeah, it's yeah. Drumline is just too cheesy for me. Hmm. Now, this my number nine is actually high class cinema <laughs> of. All the movies on here, this is the one I struggle to put on the most because it's... You know how I feel about serious movies.
3: Brian, you told me and, you didn't put Halloween Resurrection and, on your list. But every,
0: every once in a while, a really serious movie makes it on my list. I mean, my number one film from 2020 was Let Him Go. And this is kind of in the same vein. It's kind of a thriller. So my number nine is this. In a land of mysterious beauty,
2: in a time of extraordinary legends... In a place of ancient secrets, the greatest hero the world has ever known is about to kick his first butt. (laughs) (laughs) Now, after a lifetime of training... Hmm. Hey, who's he? I don't know. The chosen one has returned if you truly are the chosen one then you must bear the sacred mark to deliver the people from the forces of darkness (laughs) and to check out the hotties be not concerned of her shyness for it will pass there you go 20th Century Fox invites you to feel the fury. (laughs) Taste the passion.
5: You are the chosen one. One day, all will be revealed to you.
2: I'm I'm sorry? And witness the utter madness.
0: Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Uh, my number nine is Kung Pao Enter the Fist, where Steve Odenkirk puts himself in an old 1970s kung fu movie and re-edits and re-does like all the dialogue. If you watch the credits. I'm pretty sure he's 90% of the voices Mm -hmm. Um, and he has a really weird sense of humor and yeah, that's, it's literally just him in a old Kung Fu movie and he dubs himself into it. (laughs) It's really stupid. And I, it's one of the movies I remember laughing really hard in because of how ridiculous it is. mm -hmm. I mean, you heard a little bit in the trailer. He has a tongue inside of his tongue called tonguey. And it has this voice. And there's parts in the film where, uh, he's editing it. And to, to carry the scene going on, he goes, Oh, my name is Betty, and now your shirt is blue. And then he'll he'll talk. The guy will talk, and he'll go back to the other guy. He says, "You're right," and now your shirt is purple. And then it's like a different scene. It's so dumb. Mm-hmm. My wife hates that fucking movie. <coughs> um, but it's a movie that I've always wanted to be on Shout Select or Vinegar Syndrome, just to put it out and have a Blu-ray of it. And there was a a, a end credit scene where they teased a sequel that never happened
3: there's um so when i was in when when this movie came out i was 11 years old and i was going to karate classes and i convinced my mom to take me to see this in the movie That's theater awesome. and she she looked appalled Midway through the movie, <laughs> it, it is not for everyone, it is not for children either, really. No, <laughs> um, but uh, she, she got a kick out of some
0: of it, so yeah. I mean, the part in the trailer where he punches a perfect hole through that guy, <laughs> the, the voiceover, and it goes, Holy crap, did you see that? I mean, he like. Punched a hole through that guy. How's it even possible? <laughs> it's so fucking dumb.
4: You know, Ryan, yeah. when you said you were putting a serious movie on your list, I thought I believe. you. Did you really you. think it's serious? I mean, oh. it's not outside of the That's realm why of possibility. I'm the best
0: actor you've ever not seen. <laughs> no, no, I, do I should put have him known on. better. Uh, but a lot of times, um, James, he's not on this podcast. We would like to put what we call ringers at the very beginning. Um, and that's definitely one of my ringers.
3: Halloween Resurrection was
0: my ringer. (laughs) Exactly. Brad, number eight, try to top Kung Pao Enter the Fist. (laughs) You Uh, utterly can't.
5: My number eight is all about family. For over 70 years, the Walt Disney Studios has won the
2: hearts of audiences with the most enchanting, delightful, and lovable characters the world has ever known. The tradition
5: Hey, that's not Simba.
6: <laughs>
2: His name is Stitch.
1: He's lost. He's taken a police cruiser.
2: Yeah, he took the red one. That crazy trog is about to make us jump.
6: Where is he? A place called
4: Hawaii. <laughs> oh,
6: Hello? Are there any
2: animals in here? how Wow. Two worlds will collide. And paradise will never be the same. All of our dogs are adoptable.
1: Except that one!
3: <laughs> he got the will?
1: And you must now bring him back. Okay!
2: Okay. He's indescribable. Are you sure it's a dog?
1: I think it might be a koala. An evil koala. Whoa. Whoa.
2: <laughs> Indestructible.
3: Blue patch I want a
2: status report. <laughs> Things are going well. Indigestible.
6: Hey! <laughs> Ew. Fascinating, isn't it?
2: And completely irresistible.
1: We have to take him back. What Economy means family. Family means nobody, nobody... gets left behind. Yeah! Yeah! Ah!
2: Walt Disney Pictures presents oh, yeah! Lilo and Stitch.
6: Look, you
1: ain't nothing but
5: Yeah, my number eight is Lilo and Stitch Which I think is a fun movie And Stitch is is adorable and weird And, uh, yeah
0: Yeah, it's, uh It's one of those movies My son loves Lilo and Stitch Hmm, Good taste Yeah, and it's it's not on my list But it's a fun movie And I I think about Where you have It's About Right um, Because you're coming off A string of Disney movies in the early nineties to mid nineties that are just incredible. Mm-hmm. And then I think they kind of stumbled a little bit, not that like Tarzan is bad or Hercules is bad, but I think they're trying to find their way. And they found it it felt like the them. well had dried
5: up for like a, hey, you know, our fairy tale Yeah. Um, stories mineable at, at this point in time. And I think there's like, let's try some modern fresh takes on stuff. And
0: yeah. yeah. And I, I, think, I think, it pulled, I, you know, I, I do shed a tear, you know, at the end, where they're talking about family and stuff. Mm-hmm. and
3: The ugly duckling stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's really well done, and I know for a fact they didn't expect it to be a hit mm-hmm. um, because they had, you know, Toy Story, Toy Story 2 started coming along, and um, Pixar was, like, the way to go at this point. Yeah, too. And yeah. I, I miss traditional animation so much, um, the artistry that goes into it. And I'm not saying that, you know, CD, uh, CD, CGI animated stuff isn't great, but... I miss hand drawn the
3: the the backgrounds and the way your your character sheets are moving against them in this film is fucking amazing. Like it's like it feels like vaguely impressionist. Like it's just Mm -hmm. it's just looks beautiful to look at. And then they're also using some of those CG tech that they're gonna try again in Treasure Planet. I think the same year. So
0: Uh, there's a great show on Disney Plus right now where they I can't believe I remember the name right now. But basically, they draw characters and they show you how to draw the characters. And uh, Stitch is one of them. Oh, Disney Sketchbook. Yeah, it's mm. it's a fabulous show if you haven't seen it.
5: Mm. And Stitch is kind of like the precursor design to the How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Uh, characters, because that's the same director, I believe.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun movie. And he directed
3: the Call of the Wild movie that isn't
0: that bad. Oh yeah, I think it's way better than I thought it would ever going to be. Mm-hmm. Zach, you're number eight. All right. My
3: number eight is uh, a movie starring America's dad and one of America's biggest movie stars in one of his last films. Uh, And it's a beautifully directed gangster movie.
2: Peter, I can't come to your concert tonight. I'm working. Working
6: at what? What's
1: Papa's job? He works for Mr. Rooney.
2: Who's got a hug for a lonely old man?
1: Ugh. Papa didn't have a father, so Mr. Rooney looked after
2: him. You rule this town as God rules the earth. I love Mr. Rooney. We had nothing. He gave us a home. A <laughs> life.
1: Oh. <laughs> he goes on missions for Mr. Rooney.
2: Take Mike with you. Enough, Pawn Take Mike with you.
1: They're very dangerous. That's why he brings his gun. What the hell are you thinking?
3: You saw everything. Can he keep a secret? He's my son.
2: A man of honor always keeps his word. Michael, tomorrow when they find out we're gone, they're going to come after us. I have to protect you now. I'd like to apologize, especially to you, Paul. You would like to apologize? Sons are put on this earth to trouble their fathers. Natural law. You gotta take him now. I know who to call. There's a guy who's done some work for us in the past. To be paid to do what you love. Isn't that the dream? Get out! I cannot fight you and them at the same time. I can take care of
1: myself first! It was my fault this happened! It was not your fault!
2: You won't make it. Now with a little boy.
4: What are you gonna do?
3: Just one last thing. And then it's done.
0: Look out for the tractor, Michael. Ah!
1: Watch out for the tractor! <sighs> we made it! Oh, yeah, yeah, we made it.
2: This is the life we chose, the life we lead. And there is only one guarantee. None of us will see
3: heaven. Michael could. So yeah, um, my number eight is Road to Perdition.
0: You um, can always count on Zach to put one movie that deserves to be way higher, way
3: lower. Oh, just wait, buddy boy.
0: <laughs> um, no, I know you guys are going to ruin my fucking parade today. That's I, all
3: right. I know, that's fine. Well, don't worry, there's rain out there for your parade today. Um, now, my dad actually got me to watch this movie. He really loved it, and I appreciate it too as a gangster fan. Uh, it's a good father-son story as well. Um, I think that I'm not a big Sam Mendes guy, but I'll be damned if he doesn't make that thing look beautiful and make it just like pop straight out. Like it's based on a graphic novel, which I've still never read.
0: I mean, this. Well, oh, spoilers. Is it okay if I spoil movies? movie? Yeah, yes, go early. ahead and spoil it. Yeah, The scene where he kills fucking Paul Newman in the mm-hmm. rain. Yeah. You fucking kidding me? It's so well constructed. Mm-hmm. And this movie shows that you can put Tom Hanks in anything and he'll knock it out of the park.
3: Yeah. And there's uh, the cinematography in this film alone is, um I can't remember the name of the cinematographer right now, but this is one of his last films. And he was, he had done American Beauty for Sam Mendes prior Um, But he was one of the people that I was told to look at for his cinematography work, like in terms of like how he composed a shot and got a shot off the ground. Fuck this. His name's going to ruin me. But um, also the image of Jude Law (laughs) and his character and just him taking those photographs Mm -hmm. is just unsettling. And I thought when I saw the trailer for this, like, oh, Jude Law is going to be like some kind of like maybe he's going to be like a like a backup for Tom Hanks. And uh, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I think if I, I, I need to go back to it, but it it may have gone higher, but it's just it's it's worthy enough alone to be on this list, and I'm sure Ryan will expound but better upon it later. But I I wanted to get it in there because I know my dad likes it and I liked it, so it's something that deserved a mention. Corinne, number eight.
4: Uh, my number eight is appropriate since I just watched *The Princess Bride* the other night. This movie is basically asking, "What if Wesley
1: was a cat?" Ah! <laughs>
0: あ、あ。ぜひとも私どものその猫の国へ
5: Yana
1: 君がどうすればしっかりと自分の時間を生きられるか考えよう
4: so my number eight is the cat returns which is a prequel sequel to whispers of the heart that also doesn't really connect to it it kind of has some of the same characters but the story is like very different anyway um but it's a studio ghibli film And while Brad had the Japanese trailer play for us, I know the English version better, which has Carrie Elways as the voice for the main cat, and Anne Hathaway is the voice for the main uh, human character, Naruto, I can't remember. Um, There's a bunch of other famous people you would recognize their voices if you heard them. Tim Curry's in it. Um, The dad from Everybody Loves Raymond or some whatever. Um, But yeah, it's just a fun movie. It's kind of weird. No, it's not kind of weird. It's very weird. So you just kind of have to go along with the story that it's telling you. But it's a fun ride. So my number eight, The Cat Returns.
0: Cool. I
4: don't know. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's all right.
0: I think
3: this is on the list of Ghibli films that Malia and I still haven't watched. So
0: uh, There was a time when uh, the movie theaters around here showed them like 15, 20 years ago. And so I went and saw them all. And this was one- If I don't really remember, it's because it didn't leave an impression. But it's all right if you like it. Yeah. Animation's always, always nice.
4: Uh, the story is that the girl whose name I can't remember, she saves like the cat, Prince. And so the cat prince is like, oh, well, like, now I'm going to take you to my kingdom. She doesn't want to go. So she goes to this cat statue for help. He comes to life. Um, That's the one who's voiced by Carrie Elway's, And um, he, you know, takes on, he's almost like a little Sherlock Holmes sort of character. Like, he takes on her her plight, her case, uh, to make sure she doesn't have to go to the kingdom of the cats. So, and then, of course, you know, there's... Sword fighting and all that kind of stuff. Daring escapes and grand feats. And so. They
0: they they beat the bad guy by a whisker. But um punch. Yep.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. You're not gonna work in. You're not gonna work in this nightclub act. You need to get out.
0: My <laughs> uh, number eight is a guy kicking ass because he doesn't know who he is. He has
2: the skills... You! Stop right there! ...of a dangerous man. Ah! I need to know what went wrong. I think he snapped. But he has no memory. If we don't take care of this, we will both burn. He's trained. Conditioned. Built to
1: disappear. I'll give you $10,000 to drive me to Paris. I get the money, and I don't get hurt. That's a deal.
2: Now... The government's top agent... I can't remember anything that happened before two weeks ago. Hey, Ibiza? Yes. ...is about to become their number one target.
1: What's in Paris?
2: It's a name. Jason Bourne. Let's see if the Paris police can find him for us. And the only way he can survive... Talk a lot. ...is to find out who he is. I guess you're not
1: home bomb. I don't
2: recognize any of this. I don't recognize any of this. Before they find out.
1: Get the address. I think I got it.
2: In his. Where he is. Get everybody up. I want them all activated.
1: Do it now! What is it? Something wrong? We can't stay here. It's not safe.
2: He's out of control. It's very clear what needs to happen. Based on the international bestseller. I don't want to know who I am anymore. From Universal Pictures. You gotta get as far away from me as you can. What are you gonna do? Danger. I have everything they put inside me. Is yes. everything I ever learned, all of it, born? I'm gonna make it stop. The Born
0: Identity. Uh, my number eight is the born identity uh, yeah. starring Matt Damon um, it's just a fun movie where he, he's trying to figure out who he is and it's a kind of an espionage thriller um, and it's the one of the first movies because man this was 20 years ago where you go oh man remember that guy from goodwill hunting could he kick ass and he does kick ass um, there's a couple you know really impressive fight scenes in it and the mystery is interesting and it and I actually think it's a pretty fun uh, series of films, and it started with this one, The Bourne Identity. And I guess no one else cares about it. so. I
5: think it's the only one I haven't seen. Really? I, I, I guess I don't watch Jason
0: Bourne either.
4: What's the third one? Is that Supremacy? Yeah. Ultimatum. I've, Ultimatum. Supremacy,
0: uh, then Ultimatum,
4: yeah. yeah. I've seen the third one, whatever yeah, that is. That one's is. good, too. They, I don't know they, if I've seen the first one. I have seen clips. the the one where he goes to like a diner with her or something, and he's talking about like, I know the license plates of all the cars outside, and I can mm-hmm. you know do all this stuff. And he's like, I don't know how I can do this.
0: It's a really interesting premise for a film.
3: The um, it's a it's a it's interesting because that first film is nothing like what follows afterward from oh, yeah, a visual yeah. standpoint. Like Paul Greengrass just overhauled everything with the visual scheme.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one of those where. They have so many quick cuts in it that it's one of the few movies where I would sit further back because I have to see the film Yeah, Mm -hmm. because the cuts are so quick. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the first one's really great. It Um,
4: definitely made an impact on action movies, especially with the Bond series, I would say. Oh, yeah. At least for my knowledge, Bond basically just tried to become Jason Bourne after this movie dropped.
3: That's arguable from a style, at least from a, st- a style point of view.
0: A know? little more gritty. Yeah. Right. Not less suave. I mean I, I, I mean, I still you. think Daniel Craig's the best Bond. Yeah, I said it. And um, I think his movies are the best Bond movies. Yeah, I said it. Fine, go fuck yourself. <laughs>
4: Isn't there like a scene in Quantum of Solace that's basically ripped out of this movie? Or maybe it's the second one. I don't, I don't know.
0: remember. But yeah.
4: Mm.
0: Born Identity. Glad everybody's participating in this. Mm-hmm. Brad, number seven.
5: My number seven is A Generation's Final Journey.
1: Our eyes reflect our lives, don't they? I can see as well as you can.
2: I can feel everything you feel. In fact, I can feel exactly what you feel. He said he's a mirror for me. I need to know where the hell he came from. The same blood runs through our veins. It was as if part of me had been stolen. Must deactivate you. Why? Because you are dangerous. Look in the mirror, to
1: see yourself.
2: I'm a mirror for you as well. Don't be so vain. for us kill everything
5: Yeah uh, my number seven is uh, Star Trek Nemesis which I was really excited for. When it came out in 2002, and uh, for some reason they decided that um, this would be the last movie journey of the next generation crew. And the plot they thought that was best exemplify that, despite you know the original cast getting like this great send off um, uh, that kind of hon- honor their legacies. And uh, this one is just uh, the writer said, you know what's what's your you're like the hero's ultimate nemesis, yourself. So they invented a clone of Jean Luc Picard uh, that was um,
4: played sto- by a young Tom Hardy. Played by a young
5: Tom Hardy. His DNA was stolen somewhere years ago by the Romulans, and they they raised it and then discarded that plan um, and left the clone baby with the Remans. And then that Reman grew up to uh, rise through the ranks and become the leader of the Remans. And then started this fake ploy to, uh, you know, bring the Romulans into a truce with the Federation. But it's really just a plan to uh, destroy the Federation. And um, basically, Picard is squaring off against himself. And, uh, you know, along the way, they also find a duplicate, another uh, duplicate of Data, (laughs) B four, yeah and again for some reason we all know picard's ultimate nemesis is q but he's not in this movie and you know data clone was originally lore so i don't know why they didn't just bring lore back they had to create this dumb version of data called b4
3: probably for the ending because you can't stick it seems like you shouldn't be sticking data's consciousness into lore because it's too icky
5: but, yeah, the whole killing data part of it was just reeked of, hey, I want to do what Leonard Nimoy did because I yeah. want to have this franchise too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just... Uh, and then at some point, like, Picard takes his dune buggy out and you're just like, why is there... Like, they have hover conversion for everything. Like, why would there be an ATV? Because it's cool, man. (laughs) uh, The the director is Stuart Baird, who's a famous uh, action editor. And so they gave him a directing job. And the whole thing was to, like, make Star Trek cooler and more actiony. And he did that, but at the expense of a lot of different things that make Star Trek cool. So uh, I still think it's it's not the worst Star Trek movie I've ever watched, but it's just
3: you know you kinda of sit there going like, oh that's kinda of dumb. JJ Abrams looked at Stuart Baird's work and was like, what if I did this but I made it, you know, good? <laughs> I uh
0: I always just watched the Star Trek movies not how you should. And um you know, you got me into the original stuff. And then because of it, I was like, you know what, I'll just I'll buy the Blu-ray set of the next generation. And uh, you know the first one's really good, and then you're like, huh, no, that one's okay. And then this one showed like, mm.
5: wait, the second one's okay. Yeah, first
0: contact. Oh, I got them backwards. That's great. Because
3: generations technically comes first, and then first
0: contact, yeah. then
3: insurrection, and then nemesis. Yeah.
0: So nemesis, I go, yep, not so much. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still um, as an actor, I've I yeah, I'd always want to play a Star Trek villain because I think they're really interesting. Even when the premise is really silly, I still think it's yeah pretty I mean, fun to be.
5: I think Tom Hardy's still great as mm-hmm. the character. It's just like you know, in the Star Trek lore, it's like why have that that yeah. that character seems like a dumb idea. Um,
3: It'd or, be an interesting two parter episode. Yeah,
5: it would have been a great TV episode. But I mean, I, I, I if I think about it, they probably actually did that. I just can't remember it. But because uh, there was like a younger version of Picard episode that mm-hmm. he went back to because Q made him revisit that.
3: Oh, because he uh, when he got stabbed, yeah, yeah, got stabby stabbed.
5: Um, so, but it's cool that the the Picard show is bringing back the cast. So hopefully, um, you know, they'll get a proper send off um, mm-hmm. on streaming. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Data actually does show up. But if he doesn't, they definitely milk that yeah, card what plenty. What else is
3: he doing? I, he he's waiting for Independence Day 3 yeah.
5: <laughs> I mean the whole first season of Picard Kind of ends his storyline again But
3: Actually just, I know for a fact Jonathan Frakes is listening to the same podcast I listen to so <laughs> That's probably what he's doing Just kicking back with his ro- royalty money <laughs> So
5: yeah my number 7 Star Trek Nemesis
3: cool.
0: Zach you're number 7 My number
3: 7 uh, is a film by Have you guys heard of A, a person named Steven Spielberg at all No no fresh my memory. Uh he made a movie about a shock and then he made a movie about things that were closely encountered. Then he made a movie about a giant boulder that tried to crush a pilot. Uh but then years later he made this movie about a con man, and here it is.
5: Uh actually should we wait till your number seven comes up so that we just <laughs> tag team into my uh, six? We can do that. Yeah, Corinne, you go. Okay, so
0: never mind. Ryan reset. Uh so I think we all three have the same one then. Yeah, that's what
4: I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. 776. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yes, Corin. Corin. You're number 7. My number 7 is the uh,
6: obligatory anime movie on the list. あれから <laughs> 苦しい時, 楽しい時, いつも一緒だったよね? 怖. また,
1: あの頃に戻れたらいいのにな.
2: 映画, 犬夜車2, きっと, 願いはかなう.
5: Wait, what the <laughs> fuck? That was it? <laughs> that's the best I could find. <laughs> <laughs> Blame YouTube, I don't know <laughs> Wow, They're
4: that's... They're making my job so much harder these days. I mean, that was honestly more like a... Trailer for... They didn't even get into the movie at all? That's so weird. It's a TV weird. spot. I guess.
0: I mean, <laughs> un- unpack this totally different anime from the last one.
4: Okay, so there's a TV so what's show. The name of, what's the
0: name of the film?
4: So, well, if I explain. The TV show is called Inuyasha. They had four spinoff movies. This is the second spinoff movie Called Inuyasha through the Looking Glass or some, something something like that. Yeah, it's the second one, uh, but it's like Castle Beyond the Looking Glass, something something with glass and castle and something or other. But anyway, this movie taught me about Japanese folklore because, like, the main villain is Princess Kaguya. Well, sort of. It's, it's weird, but um. no,
0: <laughs> to explain it why it's not weird. Why Japanese anime is not weird?
4: <laughs> oh no, it's weird. It's I know definitely weird,
0: facetious. <laughs>
4: um, but they like they have this whole thing. At the very beginning, they kill the main bad guy of the whole TV show, and you're like, wait a minute, like now the story is over, like the main bad guy is defeated, and then they introduce Princess Kaguya, they resurrect her, bring her into the real world. She, you know, has you know, encounters with the main cast and everyone comes together to defeat her. And then lo and behold, the main villain of the TV show, Naraku, is actually alive the whole time. He faked his death. <gasps> and so he comes back and he tries to like absorb Kaguya or something. Mm. And then basically everything gets reset at the very end of the movie. Hey,
0: Kaguya, I'm going to absorb you. <laughs>
4: it's okay, it's okay. Just, just go to sleep. You done?
0: Nope. Tell me more about this really interesting movie.
4: I don't know. I'm just a fan of Inuyasha, <laughs> and it it was it was fine. I mean, there the TV spot really
0: didn't get me excited to see the film.
4: Well, they didn't show any of the <laughs> film. Inuyasha, <laughs> do. They basically just showed clips from the show. It wasn't even about the movie. But at the, the same movie. time, I
0: really appreciate Brad finding that one, so I didn't have to watch it. <laughs>
5: it, it really, I. They, so there there's is so
4: little to choose from. There are some really cool scenes. There's this fight where Inuyasha uh, goes up against a five-headed dragon.
0: Do they just yell each other's names a bunch and bunch, or is that just Akira?
4: Um, no, I mean they, that they get into that for sure. Yeah,
0: exactly. All anime is the same. Yeah,
4: it kind of is. It really is. And then of course there there's a scene where Inuyasha and Kagome kiss, and it's very you know. Aww. Okay, remember, I'm like 11 when this when I'm watching this, or maybe I'm like 13. I don't know, whatever. When it by the time it gets on to Toonami or Adult Swim,
5: and she leans into the TV and starts kissing <laughs> in the three-way with him.
0: I well, want I mean, to be I, in I world. How, Inuyasha. I know how you feel about the bad guys because how much you love Kylo Ren. So not surprised.
4: Anyway, my number seven was <laughs> Inuyasha movie two, Castle Through the Looking Glass, or whatever. Y'all don't care.
3: No, no, now Corinne, I'm I'm nearly <laughs> done with New Fruits Basket, and maybe we'll watch Inuyasha next, and Milia can introduce me to something new.
0: So yeah, good luck. Um, I guess my number seven is your number six, and Zach's number seven. So this is a Menage a Trois. Ooh. have so,
4: fun with that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm at the very end. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, that's a human centipede It's a triple centipede
4: <laughs>
5: yeah. I'm definitely the front Why do
3: you get Why do you get carte blanche here buddy
5: <laughs> I just no one wants to be the middle <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so, Unfortunately Zach You're the middle yeah.
3: <laughs> Oh so I'm the one crying at the end
0: of the game <laughs> Okay centipede. this went off, off rails when we're supposed to be talking About this really cool movie mm-hmm. Here's a trailer for a really cool movie That's shot really well and has really cool title cards
3: And directed by a, a, a legend A legend of sorts he's
0: all right
4: welcome to miami mutual bank how am i help you
3: i'd like to cash this check here and then
1: and i'd like to take you out for a steak dinner
4: <laughs> are you a realized pilot
1: i sure am little lady the jump
3: seat is open it's been a while since i've done this which one's the jump seat again dr connor's
6: to the ER dr connor's to the ER
3: This is irrefutable evidence that the defendant is lying. Special Agent Hanratty, FBI. Hello, Carl.
2: You're gonna get caught.
6: It's like Vegas. The house always wins.
2: Some nuts flying around the country posing as a pilot, calling the James Bond of the sky. Hello, here.
1: This is by far the best date
2: I have ever been
1: on. He's a kid. That's why he doesn't have a record.
2: 30 milligrams of codeine every four hours. Do you concur? I concur.
1: Dr. Harris. Yes. Do you concur?
3: Concur with What, sir?
1: <laughs> Ma'am, I'm sorry to have to tell you, your son has fought you
2: checks. I have a payroll check here would like to cash.
6: I'm looking part-time at the church now. Just tell
2: me how much yours and I'll pay you back.
6: 1.3 million dollars.
1: I'll be choosing eight young ladies to be a part of Pan future stewardess program.
2: South America, Australia, Singapore. These are so perfect the bankers even know the difference. What do you want? To apologize. You didn't call to apologize, did you?
1: You have no one else to
2: call. I'm looking for your son. I would never give up my son. If you were a father, you'd know. Stop chasing me. I can't stop. It's my job. You see these people staring at you? They keep peeking over their shoulders, wondering where you're going tonight. Where are you going, Frank?
1: Don't tell me not to fly, I've simply got to If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you Don't bring around a cloud of terrain on my parade Sir, so, we're gonna let him get away
2: No, oh, Carl, you let him get away
1: Nobody had a better
2: rain on my Merry Christmas! Parade. I'm getting close, are I? You will go to prison. You're going to have to catch me.
0: Catch Me If You Can is a really fun film. And it's one of the films that I love the special features on. Because they have the real... Um, Frank Ab- Abagnale. Thank you. Uh, on the special features, talking about his life. And it's just a really fun movie. And I was really disappointed that they have this really cool steelbook coming out, and it's <laughs> yeah, I know. it's not 4K, and it's really sad. But replace um, the discs, replace the discs. That's all you got to do. Yeah, but the um, the way it's shot, it, this movie should be on 4K. It's beautiful. Um, Spielberg has a wonderful way of making a movie funny, but also dramatic. And Christopher Walken, I think, is the best thing in this film, um, as Leo's dad. Uh, he he doesn't he's not in very many scenes but all the scenes are really powerful. I mean Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks, um, and this is really too where Leo started turning a corner
3: because mm-hmm.
0: um, he you know he did Titanic and he's transitioning from being a heartthrob to being an actual actor's actor had a weird stop at the beach and then yeah. and then dusted the sand off and,
5: and then uh, instantly got hired by scorsese and spielberg <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: so. i mean you can see it when he was in what's eating gilbert grape is he's really great in that too um but you can see he had a lot to offer um movie-going i think, i people. thought it was
3: i think it was boy's life that he was in with robert de niro and robert de niro was telling scorsese for years like you're gonna want to watch this kid so
0: but yeah i mean it's just a story about a kid who's conning the FBI mm-hmm. and passing off as he's a pilot, lawyer, surgeon, surgeon. He's a couple of it. I can't remember off the top of my head.
5: He has the big ones.
0: Yeah, but he just uses it to meet women and travel the world and steal money.
5: Well, the sad part is his dad was kind of like a con artist. Like his dad couldn't make money but mm-hmm. he always pretended he was rich. Yeah. Um, and so once the veil came off and he found out that his father wasn't this, he decided to chase that dream himself, uh, to escape his crumbling, uh, family center. Yeah. Um, and that like this movie is actually sad to me because, yeah. um, you know, he, he does these amazing, clever things, but at the end of the day, like it really gets him nowhere. Yeah. Um, except, uh, Weirdly, in a profe- there is a bit of a happy ending where he kind of like is able to get hired based on this criminal experience to actually turn a corner and do something good with what he did. yeah, yeah, that's, um,
3: that's the reason why I put this above a road to Perdition as that ending because it's it's this odd father son story that I mean, obviously Road to Perdition technically does it better, but I like the the contrast between Spielberg or Spielberg using this contrast of Hanks and DiCaprio they're kind of in a weird like father and son at odds plot even though they're not related and by the very end you're literally watching hanks in a fatherly fashion like guiding him toward a career like it's it's very it's it's remarkable that this con man movie just suddenly becomes very heartfelt when it it almost feels like it shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like when I
5: first watched it, I thought he was like, Oh, the movie's going to end. He's going to go to jail and that's it. And it's like the whole time you've been seeing Tom Hanks cultivate this relationship where he ha- is kind of a father replacement. Yeah. Cause he's calling him, you know, on holidays. Uh, and he, in the trailer, you said like, you have no one else to call cause mm. you're alone.
3: Exactly. Um, and the, um, and having seen good fellows before this and other crime films, the knowledge tells me, oh, well, this, this they, they go to jail, and it's either going to be a Danny Ocean where it's like, I'll be back, or it's going to be a Henry Hill where it's just like, I'm out in the middle of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and I'm fucked. Yeah, and-, and it's,
0: I mean, at the end of the day, even when he's caught at the end, mm-hmm. it, he wants to be caught. Yes. And that's the whole thing, is he wants to be caught, yeah. and, you know, Tom Hanks does his job. He catches him, and then that's it. Yeah, he almost yeah.
5: gets so good at what he does. Is it, the only thing he can do is get caught because exactly. he has nowhere else to go? Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Amazing film. So, that was Zach Seven, right? Yeah. No, and you're seven. My seven, and you're seven. And my six. So and we're on six. round six. So Zach, you're sixth.
3: Yeah. All right. So my number six is the directorial debut um, of a very debonair actor who turned out to be a pretty, I, I think, a pretty solid director whose work I enjoy and here it is my
2: name is charles hirsch barris i've written pop songs i've been a television producer in addition i have murdered 33 human beings
6: i talked to a psychic today and she said that you are going to be very successful
1: a pretty girl asks three handsome guys questions and she picks one to date that's it that's the show
2: His future was uncertain.
5: I'm sorry about your show. Are you okay? I
2: just wanted to tame people. His every move was being watched. I could use your help. I work for the Office of Diplomatic Security.
1: Is that the CIA or something?
6: (laughs) Are you interested?
2: I can teach you at least 30 different ways to kill a man, Mr. Barris. The edge of your hand against your adversary's Adam's Apple. Ew! Mr. Goldberg. Hi, Chuck. I have a hole in my daytime schedule. It's the Gong Show. It's a perfect cover. TV producer by day. C.I.A. operative at night. Think of it as a hobby. Something you do to relax. Thank you, I'm Chuck. Here you are, Chuck.
1: Pleasantly surprised
6: we are not like the other murderers.
2: When you lead two different lives, it's easy to forget what side you're on. All
6: right!
2: Penny, Patricia, how'd
1: you find me? Are you
2: serious? This is what I do for a living.
6: What does she mean, that's what she does for a living? You're dead in my book. Do you want me around or not? Everything's
2: complicated. (laughs) You work for me. There's no backing out now. We let you in on everything. Drew Barrymore, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, and Sam Rockwell as Chuck Barris.
6: Look who comes out of
2: hiding. Someone changed sides. It's over. It's finished. Your history.
3: You're a dead man. Confessions of a dangerous mind. One of them is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Uh, directed by George Clooney. This was his first film. Uh, Thankfully, though, he jumped ship from Miramax and went right over to Warner Brothers right after this. Um, uh, Tells the story of Chuck Barris, who was the producer of things like the dating game, match game, gong show, and may or may not have been a CIA operative. (laughs) Um, It's written by Charlie Kaufman, so if you've experienced a Kaufman script before, you know they're going to play with, well, is he actually a CIA operative, or is this all in his head? What's the story here? Um, it's it's kind of irrelevant because you're kind of watching watching these actors play in this in this arena is super fun. Um, Sam Rock, I think this is the first Sam Rockwell thing I ever saw, um, and that was a wonderful way to get into him with like this kind of like I would almost call this a breakout role for him to a certain extent. But this movie wasn't that successful when it came out to my to my recollection. Um, and it 's also cool watching George Clooney play with different angles and kind of getting his feet wet, wet as a director, seeing what his strengths are is he more of an actor 's director is he more of a visual director? and um there are moments in this film that remind me of Cohen brothers' moments, so he clearly had a lot of fun working with the Cohen brothers and um uh, on in know brother Though at that point to bring stuff into this table um and uh and just the idea of. Meshing a la- around with this '70s pop culture phenomenon of dating games, uh, a- a amid the background of this CIA operative uh, operative spy story, is is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, if anybody's ever seen it, check it out. I don't, I I have my DVD stashed away somewhere, but I don't know if they ever put this on Blu-ray or anything. So you might be stuck okay. with DVD only. I don't know.
5: I think I saw it's coming out on Blu-ray soon by like Kino or something. <gasps> Maybe you're right. Or vinegar.
3: God bless yeah. you, Kino Vinegar Syndrome. Really? Nice. This <laughs> is good for them.
5: Not everything they have is titty
3: movies. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new PSA out there like hi, I'm the head of Vinegar Syndrome. You know we're more than just boobs.
0: We're so much more. Corinne, number six.
4: My number six is the second installment in a multi year franchise.
2: One year ago, he learned the truth. You're a wizard, Harry. And his first year at Hogwarts School became legend. And so, for Harry Potter and his friends, another year begins.
6: Bloody birds
2: are menace education in the magical arts continues. Laugh if you will, Mr. Finnegan.
1: See what you make of them. No! Oh.
2: Old rivalries grow stronger. The Slytherin's got a new seeker. Malfoy.
1: You'll never catch me, Potter!
2: And something in the school's dark past will be awakened. The Chamber of Secrets has indeed been opened. Unless the culprit is caught, it is likely the school will be closed.
4: Harry Potter must go
1: home.
2: Oh, dear, we are in trouble.
1: Here's the plan. You disguise yourselves as Crabbe and Goyle.
2: Are we going to drink
1: that? Yes. Harry?
2: Ron. Excellent. This year... Warner Brothers Pictures presents... Ah! that car. The next chapter of Harry Potter. Where the past will return and the struggle for the future of Hogwarts will begin. Oh. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Let us hope that Mr. Potter will always be around to save the day. Don't worry, I will be.
4: So my number six is Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I rewatched it the other night, and it's a little long. There are definitely I some think it's parts a fun that could have been trend. You know
0: the only reason why I don't rank it, because I love Harry Potter. Right. But the reason I don't ever rank it anywhere is because I don't like the, Harry's reactions when they're playing Quidditch. For some reason, I don't know why Columbus... And he's, he puts it on, you know, Harry's face and he's like, Ugh! like over and over again. It just is, I don't know. It just drives me crazy. The
4: Quidditch scene actually goes on way too long, yeah. I think, because there's just like this whole like two or three minute sequence where he and Malfoy are just chasing the snitch and the bludger's coming after him and it's like, all right, you could have trimmed this down, but
0: yeah it's still a fun movie though.
4: Oh yeah. And I appreciate the, I don't know if I've ever caught this before, but like when he finds someone's body after they've been petrified by the basilisk you can see on the floor where the snake slithered through Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh that's a nice detail
0: yeah it's a fun movie you know i have i love the harry potter movies i know brad and james and we used to go see him used to get pissed i mean not as mad as when we did the hunger games but uh pretty close but that's also one of the when my wife and i really started bonding when we were dating is Because it started in 2011, so that's Deathly Hallows 1. Deathly Hallows yeah. Part 1. Yeah. So we used to go to no, Midnight. I think no, it was oh, no. Deathly Hallows Part, part 2. two. Part two? Yeah. yeah, it
4: was Part 2 because that was on my list last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to uh, Midnight Showings when that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I like Jason Isaacs as Lucius Malfoy. Who I, I, he's been in like so many weird things, but he was the voice for the Grand Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebels, which I never realized.
3: And he's going to be playing Cary Grant soon.
6: Yeah.
4: (laughs) And uh, of course, the amazing Richard Harris as Dumbledore. I wish he could have, you know, lived to play him in the future movies because I think he was a great Dumbledore.
0: I guess actually my, so I started dating my wife in 2008 so that's one of the first midnight movies I saw with her in Fort Collins. What came out in two thousand eight? Was it Half Blood? That was two thousand nine. So the following year,
4: maybe it was Order of the Phoenix.
0: No,
3: Our Order of the Phoenix was oh seven. So,
0: yeah. Goblet was oh five. Yeah, so it was after. So it was one of the first midnight showings I saw with her up in Fort Collins. Yeah, because they but had yeah. this
3: because they had this weird year break or something like that between two thousand three and two thousand four before Prisoner of Azkaban, and then they. Kicked out and gobbled a fire pretty quick,
0: yeah, yeah, but I mean I, I think they're fun, yeah, no. and Jason Isaacs is like the best like British bad guy ever.
3: are we forgetting to talk about um,
4: Alan Rickman's right there uh, <laughs> he's in the same movie he's not a
3: good but he's not a good bad guy uh, I mean. he's not really a bad guy, yeah though. he's not a bad guy here, um I
4: mean he kind of like mentally and emotionally abuses children he's not a good guy cut in't detention.
3: <laughs> um, we're also forgetting about the amazing performance Kenneth Branagh gives in oh, yeah. this movie oh my as gosh. Gilderly Lockhart he's so,
4: he's, you just want to punch him in the face the I, whole th- movie
3: you know it's it's funny the last week has been me like hearing people bandy in my my yes. film club friends bandying back and forth about Kenneth Branagh as Paro and other stuff and I always throw in Laurence Olivier just to see what happens uh, but Gilderly Lockhart hands down like I think it's like that's the first time I ever saw Kenneth Branagh and everything, anything, and it still remains my f- favorite performance by him because he's just hamming it up so beautifully. I
4: mean, Lockhart in the book is pretty yeah. like that's accurate. Yeah, oh yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, it
3: was like the the most accurate casting imaginable for a book to to film character. Um
4: I know you guys don't like the Honest trailers, but the one they do for the Harry Potter movie, well, it's the whole franchise, but it's great. And they they make a point of like uh, British, acclaimed British thespians yelling nonsense. And then it's like (laughs) Kenneth Branagh, a latte, a sendere and then like everyone they go through the whole like Rolodex of people.
3: Picky, yep. honest trailer. Mm.
0: <laughs> here, here. Let me see if I can be an honest trailer guy. Hey, remember that guy you liked from that movie a long time ago? And then it'll cut to that movie. Blah, blah, blah. Well, now he's back as Spider-Man. I fucking hate that shit. Um, anyway, my Rob number Schneider six was Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> You've, seen <Rob> <laughs>
4: You've seen Rob Schneider
0: as the animal. Now see Rob Schneider as a stapler.
4: <laughs> my number six: Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets.
0: Uh, My number six is stars. One of my heroes, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. Spider-Man.
3: You can't put Cary Grant movies on a list from 2002.
0: Don't tell me what I can't do. (laughs) Um, So uh, when he died, it actually devastated me. Um, And I think this movie is actually really fun and really cute. And this is my number six film.
1: I'm Steve Irwin. You might know me as the crocodile hunter. Everywhere Terry and I travel in the outback, we're called on to help problem wildlife. Have a go at this whopper. Their venom is highly toxic. You're right, and things drop off. You wouldn't want to take a bite around here.
0: We're hoping to find some of the more unlovable of Australia's creatures.
1: What we've got here is a bird-eating spider. Just kidding. You never know
6: what's out there. At
1: 2,200 hours, the U.S. satellite was terminated over Australia. This thing has enough
2: documentation to change the power structure of the entire world.
5: You'll leave first thing in the morning. Australia. Thank God it's a friendly
0: country.
1: Did you hear that? can only be poachers. Our job is to relocate the croc into a section of the river where it'll never run into a conflict with poachers again.
5: The beacon's still moving. They're getting further away.
1: I nearly got him. That crocodile nearly got me, Huey.
2: (laughs) I think it's time. We got what we came for.
1: These blokes mean business. You've been upsetting my croc. Lucky my wife, such a good driver.
2: This summer...
1: Have
2: a go at this, will ya? Crocs rule.
6: He's backing me up. He's
1: breaking me neck.
2: Nothing at this point is going to faze me. Woo! Steve Irwin.
1: You mean that guy in the khaki shorts? That dude on the Discovery Channel? The Crocodile Hunter Collision Course. Check this out! Croc-pee. Oh, what a beauty! Poo! I'm gonna save this for later.
0: So, uh. I know
5: what you mean. His death still stings.
0: <laughs> oh! No, you didn't, dude. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I think he died about three years after this movie came out. He's been Mm -hmm. gone for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. My number six movie is the crocodile hunter collision course. It's a really silly kids movie um, about a satellite that crashes in Australia and a crocodile swallows it and the CIA has to show up. But what's, what's really fun about it is if you dig into the film, is that shot like a film, all the stuff with Steve Irwin and his wife is shot like a documentary. Mm hmm. And he improvised all his lines. And it's just and it's really funny and when he's trying to save uh, the crocodile and things like that, they play this hero's music. Mm-hmm. But he also has a has a go at himself in it. He makes fun of himself because he's kind of like this silly, you know, outback guy. And what's even better is all the money he got for this movie, so he's paid something like three or four million dollars, he donated to wildlife conservation. Yeah so um when so when i see this i mean it brings a smile on my face and kind of a tear to my eye because i love steve Irwin, um and this movie is just uh it's silly but it's also really fun yeah and if, if you have uh like my kid loves this movie because it's silly um but yeah i just love steve Irwin and I was going to make sure. And I, I truly enjoy the movie. I think it's really underrated. I think it's really silly.
3: No, I, um, I,
0: I, this almost made my
3: list because my sister and I saw this in the theater. We loved it. We loved Crocodile Hunter. And there are two things that stick out to my memory. One was uh, Terry, at one point in the movie, stops and really explains the mission. Yeah. And I was, and it was kind of like amazing as a kid to sit in a theater and just going like I'm learning something. Yeah. What the movies can teach me things. But the other one is my sister and I loved rewatching this film on DVD first at a certain point. And the one clip in particular is when Steve enters the movie. There's a lizard on the ground, and um, out of camera, he, nobody's in camera, and then all of a sudden you hear. Woo! and then he just <laughs> body slams and we thought that was the funniest fucking thing ever and we kept rewinding it yeah, and awesome. replaying it until my mom said stop <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's another film i wish would be on blu-ray but i mean i guess i'd have to ask amazon now cuz it's an mgm movie but
3: maybe shout select we'll yeah, maybe uh, it's
0: them. it's harmless it's mm-hmm. fun entertainment i really i think it's like 80 minutes long it's really short mm-hmm. um, but yeah i miss steve Irwin mhm Anywho, Brad, number
5: five. Uh, speaking of safaris, let's uh, go to my number five.
0: <laughs> KidNet Television proudly presents America's favorite
1: kid show host, Rainbow Randolph.
2: So you'll make sure my boy dances up front, right? Gets to sit in the chair? You want your little booger eater on my show? Meet Randolph Smiley. He once was rich. He once was famous and he once oh! was sane. Rainbow
3: Randolph is the mean. yes oh yes he is
2: they're kicking me out of the corporate penthouse I'm homeless I can assure you this network cannot survive another Rainbow Randolph don't
1: touch me hey, please! let oh! me stop Salmonella
2: sir
3: it is my personal mission to find a satisfactory replacement get me Smoochie you're telling me that KidNet is finally ready to pursue a show of Smoochie caliber
6: hey! Smoochie! Come on! Hello, New Jersey!
2: (laughs) Despise you.
6: I love
2: you! Now. Waiter!
1: My body was barely cold and you went to work for the rhino. I gotta eat, don't I?
2: The only way to take back his career is to take down his replacement. In this jungle. Going on Safari! Safari! Hunting season. What's this? Trust me, Shelby. It's a handy accessory to have in this business. <laughs> Never ends. Carry my pack now and forever. <laughs> What's up? Robin Williams, Edward Norton, Danny DeVito, Catherine Keener. What is it all
6: mean?
2: Death
5: to Smoochie. Uh, my number five is Death of Smoochie, and also Zach's number five.
3: Fuck yeah, this movie is my number five. Yeah, um, you know,
5: did not do well when it came out at the box office. Because America
3: fucking sucks.
5: <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of the premise is that, uh, you know, when when Barney was a big thing, by this time, I think Teletubbies was the big thing yes. for children's programming. Yeah. So they kind of missed the window by like four or five years for this. Uh, so Edward Norton is an aspiring game show host. Uh, children's show host yeah uh, yeah did I say game show children's <laughs> show host he uh, has this character he's created called Smoochie who wants to like teach generally teach kids like good lessons Robin Williams is Rainbow Randolph who's like the established children's host star um, who disgraces himself and gets fired
3: by taking bribes to put the kids up in front center in the show and whatnot, yeah. yeah
5: in addition to like, other things like cheating people and sleeping yeah. with his bosses and stuff like that mm-hmm. just a terrible dude um and as the movie goes on, you see, real or not, the the, the, uh, the CD underbelly of the children's programming world <laughs> gets heightened. There's, like, mafia involved and uh, just yeah, tons of terrible things. Uh, but, yeah, so Randall, Randolph uh, sets out on a quest to get his job back by trying to kill Smoochie and, you know,
3: various Sab- things we, go awry. He starts by trying to sabotage the show and... I think it's the one that gets shared around the internet the most is that he he makes a bunch of cookies that are shaped like penises. And Rainbow um, Randolph thinks he has them. And then Smoochie's just like, it's a rocket ship and fools him. And then Rainbow Randolph just comes out and it's a cock.
5: (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's a pretty dirty movie. Um, Oh, it is
3: a pitch black comedy. (laughs)
5: Yeah, um, but I love it. And I'm noticing a theme here where stuff from 2002 has not made it to HD very well
3: um yeah his death The hasn't gotten a warner archive upgrade at all has it
5: yeah i have it on dvd but yeah good luck finding it streaming uh it's definitely not on blu-ray yeah um at least not in this country
0: i think it only made like a million dollars or something yeah it, it was on. a big it
3: bomb but, it, but but it's it's thankfully one of those films that found an afterlife <laughs> Whether through the internet, I f- I feel like if I talk to a film fan and I bring up Death to Smoochie, th- the two answers are either I haven't seen it yet, or Oh my god, that movie is so underrated. Like L- Ryan was literally just saying it as the trailer was playing, like but a
4: cult classic. I-,
3: I think it's like a cult, but it's not like a cult that's like developed into like let's show this at midnight. It's just it's it's a film people recognize. A movie
5: I saw ten years twenty years ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's like it's something that people. Acknowledge, like, okay, this is better than the box office receipts would make you think. I don't remember what the critical reception was, but I. It just seems like this film just did not. Uh, nobody was getting the joke.
5: Yeah, I, I remember the critical reception being like, "This is crass and stupid," and. But that's a, the a waste point. That's the point.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like it's intentionally trying to ram that down a very sanitary throat. So yeah,
5: but yeah, it's just frustrating because I think it's a great watch and good luck watching it because unless you bought the dvd like i did
3: and and it's directed by danny devito and it reminds you how how genius danny devito is as a director when he you give him the right property he will he will knock it out of the park he
4: directed matilda
3: yep exactly this is probably how he was able to get something like this made is off of something like matilda doing okay Mm -hmm. all right Ryan.
0: Uh, Corinne, nope. oh, your Corinne. number five is a repeat.
4: Yep. My number five is Lilo and Stitch. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> You're Almighty,
0: I feel my temperature rising.
4: Brian, uh, Ryan, you were saying that, you know, compared to the Disney Renaissance, this film is underwhelming.
0: I didn't say underwhelming. I said it's just. Not as good. It's,
5: it's no Beauty of the Beast or yeah. Little Mermaid. I yeah. mean,
4: it's not, but I think it's aged really well over the last 20 years, more so than most of the Disney films that came out during that same era, like in the 20, 2000s, early 2000s. I mean, Treasure Planet. It's okay. Mm, I, Atlantis. Okay. Home on the Range. I mean.
3: Home on the Range being the worst oh, of these no. <laughs> titles just mentioned. Treasure Planet is actually really fun.
4: I yeah, it. I think Lilo and Stitch has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the the cast, the message behind it, the weird cast of characters that you get, the drama, it's its all there.
3: Kevin McDonald as bleakily makes me giggle.
4: <laughs> I'm sad I didn't get to revisit the movie before we did Film Splosion, but, you know, as someone with younger sisters, you know, the... Interaction between Nani and Lilo always, you know, hit home for me, and the whole discussion of Ohana and family nobody you know, nobody gets left behind—and mm-hmm. so makes me tear up every time I watch it for sure. So it well, had to be on the list.
3: Malia has a Hawaiian in her family, and so this movie means a lot to them. So was I mean, rewatching it through her eyes, like it—it it definitely upped it. Like because I don't think I'd watch this film in like five, six years. So. It's, it's it's a testament to how wonderful it works for people. My sister loves it, too. Yeah. It's yeah, a fun he, one.
4: Stitch is kind of a, a bastard for the most of the movie. <laughs> but he wins you over by the end. I like how he throws those
0: well, postcards. yeah, he has to the, learn. He's, he
3: throws yeah. those postcards to the dog, and he just like like tells it to, to fuck off, and he looks like he's having a hangover. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so my number five, Lilo and Stitch. Uh,
0: I, I'm guessing my number five might sweep some people, but I don't really give a flying F.
2: Dad, what's coming? Double homicide. One male, one female. Killers male, white 40s. Set up a perimeter and tell them we're en route.
1: I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks. Give the man his hat. The future
2: can be seen. All we have to run on are the images that they produce. We see what they see.
1: There hasn't been a murder in six years. There's nothing wrong with the system. It is perfect. I agree. Murder can be stopped. Tell me exactly what it is. You're looking for flaws. You ever get any false positives? We are arresting individuals who have broken no law. But they will. The fact that you prevented it from happening doesn't change the fact that it was going to happen. The system can't be wrong. Run, wait! Can
6: you say something Chief? You?
1: No. You're in a lot of trouble,
2: John. I have a warrant in my pocket that says murder. Don't run. You don't have to chase me. From 20th Century Fox.
1: He set me up. He set me up.
2: And DreamWorks Pictures. Who's
1: the victim? I've never heard of him. But I'm supposed to kill him in less than 36 hours. He's coming here together.
2: Tom Cruise.
1: I need your help. You contain information. I need to know how to get at it.
2: In a Steven Spielberg film. I have to know. I have to find out what happened in my life. You tell me. Who was it? Set this up. I don't know. I bet now. On June 21st, everybody runs.
6: I love you. No time.
0: Minority report. Uh, my number five is Minority Report with Tom Cruise. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I think when Spielberg usually directs two movies in a year, they're both really good.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: I mean, if he only did one year, it's also really good. But yes. Yeah, no, but you know what I mean? I miss the days when, yeah, he'd have like two come out a year. Yeah. and he
3: You get the summer film and then you get the, the award contender. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: and then... Yeah, two years ago, by and be like whatever. Steven Spielberg, he's like ah, here's two more movies at the same time. Like, why didn't you do them separately?
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, some people haven't seen it, which is unusual. But uh, in it, Tom Cruise plays a a police officer that uses precogs that can predict crimes in the future, and so they're able to stop people from murdering someone. And it, uh, and then there's uh, they get a premonition that he is going to murder someone. And then it is a murder mystery that hasn't happened yet. And it's really cool shot. Like, it's really well-shot film, and it's really inventive. Um, And it also set a tone going forward with that metallic blue kind of cool uh, look.
5: Yeah, between, like, artificial intelligence, this, and then something else he did, I think. Um, Him and Janusz Kaminski just uh, really...
0: it's their blue period.
5: Yeah, I really leaned into it.
0: But you know, even films like Underworld came after this and um, kind of embraced that dark blue metallic look to films. Well, I think
5: a few years early with Payback, like uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, How-
3: yeah. Ron Howard played around that field. Yeah,
5: Ron Howard did that movie.
3: Payback. No, <laughs> no, I'm thinking of ransom. Never mind.
5: Yeah, go on.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I'm just, it's just really well constructed. I think I think the mystery is pretty good in it. Um, Tom Cruise is awesome as always and one thing I always love about Spielberg is in his action movies he creates this propulsion in him that it's always moving and it's always keeping you on the edge of your seat you know each set of him having surgery on his eyes or you know him jumping from cars that are going up buildings and stuff and he, he just has a great way of making you enjoy film and I I, I think well, Spielberg's one of the greatest directors ever, and he's mm-hmm. he's the king of blockbusters, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
4: I watched it for the first time earlier this year. I think it was after I had already developed my 2002 film explosion list, and t- totally forgot this came out in 2002. I don't know if I would have put it on the list, but it was a movie worth watching, I would say.
0: You don't have to. Yeah. I mean, we... I
4: wouldn't want to sweep anybody. Uh,
0: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the greatest sweep of all time was the fog. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I love order Report. You should see it. This is uh, Brad, number four.
5: My number four is a great movie to sit back and watch with your dumb little buddies.
2: were performed by professionals so for your safety and the protection of those around you Paramount Pictures and MTV films insist that neither you nor your dumb little buddies attempt any of what you are about to see Jackass the movie.
6: This is gonna work. <laughs> Am
5: I? Yeah, my number four is uh, Jackass the movie, uh, which at this point is kind of like my least favorite of the Jackass movies. But watching the trailer, um, you know, I, I do kind of miss because um, it's the movie that more, the most like the show because mm. the the gags are still pretty low key and like yeah. low budget, um, whereas everything else.
0: Is this the one where Ryan Dunn stuck the car up his ass
5: yes <laughs> which i think is the finale of the movie or something yeah. um yeah the second one has like the whole danger air and like terrorist thing that's right um but yeah i think the best gag in this is when they pretend to be the bank heist people and they fall through the ceiling and that one dude who works there just <laughs> bolts just runs, <laughs> <laughs> like just think about anybody's yeah, safety just awesome. takes off um yeah so very like you know a lot of gags that you would have seen on the show yeah um without the you know the inflated budget that two had, so um, yeah, it's still fun and gives me a laugh. Um, even though like a lot of the gags since then are like so much better.
0: Yeah, but like you said, it's fun to put on and just watch because there's a low-fi quality to it. Yeah, where it's hey, we're just gonna stick this crocodile on your nipple and have it bite you and see what happens. <laughs> and that's yeah. the
5: movie. Yeah. yeah,
3: it's it's sort of a testament to cinemas earliest goings where you're just watching stunts, you're just mm-hmm. watching people do things. In a way, Jackass is cinema. <laughs> Correct. Pure cinema. Yeah. Yep, it is pure cinema.
5: And they almost showing Jackass 3D again, which I'm
3: super excited about. When? When?
5: When? <laughs> I don't know the day, it's but like I, I want to check to make sure it's actually in 3D.
3: Uh I'm, I'm I don't I I will call out of work. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit anymore.
0: You just want to see that flying dildo go across. You the you
3: don't get it. When I saw that the first time in 3D I was like <laughs> I why Changed are we not using? why are
0: we not using this art form yeah. this way i don't know if avengers endgame or jackass 3d is the best 3d experience <laughs> i've ever had
3: look look it's a three-way tie between avengers endgame hugo and jackass 3d with harold and kumar's 3d christmas unfortunately not making the mark oh,
5: <laughs> so yeah my number four jackass the movie
3: right zach on. number four right on um My number four comes with a question for Ryan. Ryan, um, when people are on trial uh, for murder, let's say, uh, and um, do you think a proper defense is to give them the old razzle-dazzle? Winner, six 2002 Academy Awards,
2: including best picture, a flash of leg, the taste of temptation, the smell of corruption. And things that go bomb in the night. Select like your hair and wear your buckle shoes and all that jazz
1: like your film has it. I want a brand new start to do that.
2: Roxy wants it.
1: You got connections?
2: I would have said anything to get a piece of that. Yes! Can fix it. My client feels that it was the combination of liquor and jazz which led to her downfall. But in a city where everyone loves a legend, there's only room for one. That's Chicago. Academy Award winner Catherine Zeta-Jones Academy Award nominee and Golden Globe winner Renee Zellweger, And Golden Globe winner Richard Gere Are you guilty or not guilty?
1: Don't you want to take my picture?
2: In the best picture of the year
1: Yeah!
3: Good night, folks
1: That jazz
3: Chicago So yeah, my number four is Chicago um, I think I, I saw this film... When I was in 7th grade and I got the DVD, I didn't get to see this in a the theater um, but I was really blossoming with old time radio fandom, golden age Hollywood fandom and so this aesthetic was appealing um, I get older I don't think this film deserved best picture necessarily at all um, It's, it, If anything, unfortunately, it's a testament to how terrible the Weinsteins were with their company of pushing that award circuit but this movie is worth worth being remembered it's it's got a solid it's got a solid cast around it it's solidly directed by rob marshall it brings a a lovely bit of dimension to a, a film musical especially with all of our individualized musical sequences uh they both reach for the gun is still one of the most eye-popping things I've ever seen in my life, uh, the, especially when they have all, all of the reporters on strings and Richard Gears playing them like a puppet. And it doesn't look, especially like, it doesn't look like the peak of special effects. It's just very clever and innovative to play it that way. Um, this movie deals a lot with playing with space in its musical sequences and then transferring us to a more standard uh, period piece in between um and i didn't realize for years like i thought well everybody's singing and doing their best i really appreciate renee renee zellweger in this as time has gone on because i realized oh yeah she's supposed to be a terrible singer that's kind of the point of her character is that she's not talented and she shouldn't be on stage um so it's it's a i think it's a lovely confluence and it's It's really the thing that made the musical popular again for musical theater especially. not Or or musical movies, I'm sorry, not uh, theater. The producers did that. Mel Brooks did that. But Rob Marshall brought back the movie musical for a lot of people. And that Oscar win, whether deserved or not, did help a lot of other musicals that people might love more than this get made, whether it's Les Mis or Mamma Mia, Hairspray, you know, stuff like that. I I agree (laughs) with you on Les Mis, absolutely. Um, and then there's ones people didn't ask for, like Rock of Ages. So <laughs> uh, I think Rock of Ages is He's fine. good in it. He's not the problem. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, if you haven't watched Chicago yet, if that Best Picture stain has you as like, well, clearly it's not the best picture in the world. Like, put that to the side. Give it a shot on its own terms. I think you'll have a fun time. It's okay. Yeah.
0: Corrine. I like it. I like it more than okay. But <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, no accounting for taste, Corinne.
4: My number four is pretty much what I imagine will happen if and when I ever get married.
2: Hi. Hi. Did you want to see some brochures?
6: (gasps) Found them.
2: When Tula met Ian, (laughs) she found her man. I just want to spend a little time with you. And he found... Her family. No
1: one in my family has ever gone out with a non-Greek before.
6: Oh!
2: A respectful boy would come here and ask for my permission. May I please date your daughter? No! I'll do anything to get them to accept me. it now. I love him. you know, marry me?
6: You invited the whole family?
2: Yeah! are gonna be baptized tomorrow. Nikki's gonna be your Godmother. I've never seen my sister so happy. Oh. If you hurt her, I'll kill you and make it look like an accident. Hey, Ian! We're gonna
1: kill you. <laughs> Hoppa!
2: Playtone and Gold Circle Films cordially invite you...
1: It's a mosquito bite. It's a
2: zit. ...to the wedding of the year. She's a and the romantic comedy of the season nia Vardalos, john corbett laney kazan michael constantine gia carides andrea martin and joey fatone
1: ian is a vegetarian he doesn't eat meat
4: what do you mean he don't eat no meat that's okay i make lamb <laughs>
2: by big fat Greek wedding we may be lambs in the kitchen but we have tigers in the bedroom Ew, please let that be the end of your
5: speech
4: so my number f- four is my big fat Greek wedding which I will say for the record I'm not Greek but I do have a very big and loud very everybody Greek when we eat together. <laughs> that was bad. Yes.
0: You will not be cast in my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3.
4: Cool. <laughs> this ah. is one of
0: those movies that made over $200 million. You go, wow. It's a, It was that huge sleeper. It just yeah. kept climbing.
5: It's one of the most successful
0: independent films of all time.
3: hmm
5: yeah.
0: mm,
4: Didn't know that.
3: Yep. And uh, it... Was it? Was it Tom Hanks found the film or like what was uh,
0: it? No, I think he found the script.
3: Oh, uh, okay. Well, okay, I'm pretty
4: sure Nia Vardos, or the Bar- Bar- main Bar- actress, yeah, she yeah. wrote it. She wrote it, and she based it on basically her family. And I, again, I'm not Greek, but I have a big, loud, involved family, <laughs> and a lot of that is about how we roll. So. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yep. When I
0: uh, when I went and saw that movie in the theaters, I wanted my money back.
4: I don't know. I have a good time watching it. I'm definitely in the
0: minority, and I know a ton of people that adore that film. Yeah, I just
4: appreciate like you have this colorful cast of characters, and everybody is, you know, it's it's all played for laughs, and it's just I don't know. It's a good time.
3: Yeah, it's okay, Ryan. Do you know who has your money? Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. And he's
0: really enjoying it. He yeah. contributed mm-hmm. to help building his 15th pool. That's right. I mean, I get excited when I see Playtone as the production company. Mm-hmm.
4: I uh, actually included the movie when I was discussing, uh, I don't know, it was like, what, two three years ago now that I wrote my big opus on rom-coms and why rom-coms your, are-
3: Your big fat Greek
4: opus? <laughs> yeah, oh. maybe. Opa! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mentioned my big fat Greek wedding and how I appreciated that they incorporate kind of the family aspect of a relationship and it's like you know in rom-coms it's like oh you know these two 20 somethings and they're off and they're in new york they're and trying they're-
5: to fuck <laughs> watch <laughs> these two people
0: trying to fuck <laughs>
4: <laughs> but this is a coming together of both of their families and you know yeah
0: it's more of a, making
4: a new family together i would
0: say it's a harmless romantic comedy where there's nothing that's like super extreme it's really about people that like love each other and.
4: I would almost say it's not even a rom com. I'd say it's more of a comedy. Like yeah. the romance is, I mean it need it needs to happen for the plot to get going. But it's yeah. a
3: plot device. It's not a it's not a theme,
4: right? <laughs> yeah, him falling in love with her happens like a third of the way through yeah. the movie.
3: It's it's more like a cult. It's it's got a cultural study aspect to it. You know, it's it's because like how often are Greeks being portrayed with honesty and accuracy in most motion pictures? <laughs> Think about
4: it. <laughs> I was rewatching like clips on YouTube and the comment section was all like people saying, you know, it's stereotypical, but it's accurate.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, Most stereotypes way. come from somewhere.
4: <laughs> yep. So anyway, my number four is my big fat Greek wedding.
3: Yep. And uh, this uh, this is the man who has your money and yep. he says he's not giving it That's back. all right. You can have it.
0: Because <laughs> uh, my number four is a repeat. It's the road to perdition. Hmm. Um, I-, I love this movie. I think it's bleak. It's not like a happy-go-lucky movie. No. But the performances in it are first rate. The directing is first rate. The cinematography is first rate. The music in it is awesome. I love everything about this movie. It's one of those movies that when I watched, I knew that I was going to own and re-watch continuously. Um, just because I... And at the end of the day, when you strip it all away, it's about a dad and his son multiple times. Because, you know, even Tom Hanks with Paul Newman, uh, he's a father figure to him. And I spoiled it where, you know, Tom Hanks kills him, but he's also killing his dad. And it's it's I I love this movie.
3: Yeah. Conrad Hall, by the way, is the cinematographer. He did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid Mm. and uh, uh, amongst others. But that's that camera work. It. There's shots in that trailer. We were watching it. it like it, you literally could stick a black and white filter on that. You've got yourself a gangster oh, movie from the '30s. Oh, oh, I agree. Yep,
5: I agree because it's my my number three. So if it hadn't been a repeat, there would have been a nice tag team graphic thing. But yeah, you yeah. mess with um, one
4: of us, you mess with all of us. Yep.
5: Um. Yeah. Like everything you said. Uh, it's based on a graphic novel. Um, just great performances. Uh really tough story um and then the ending is so like oh. just hits you in the gut literally <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's it's an amazing quality piece of filmmaking because yeah, you
0: know tom hanks needs to die you know what i mean like he needs in the movie yeah,
5: he's, he's an anti exactly yeah. because he's
0: not <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he, i mean he's not a good guy just like Uh, and and Saving Private Ryan, he also dies. But that serves to propel the story of Mm -hmm. where Matt Damon in that movie is, am I worthy of these people laying down their lives? Have I
3: lived a good life? Exactly.
0: And in this film, Tom Hanks is not a good dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reason they're on the run is because his son watched him murder people. Yep. And, you know, he also, so he kind of has to for his son to grow up. And it's bleak. But that's, I think, the natural progression of the story in this film. Is this part of
3: a trilogy now, where it's Road to Perdition, The Lady Killers, and Elvis, where Tom Hanks is playing shit heels? <laughs> I, I, I mean, understand. have
4: you seen Woody in the original Toy Story? He's kind of a yeah, shit heel. He but
3: but but he's redeemable compared to Goldthwait Hickleson in the original Toy Story. I mean, he is did try to
4: murder shay-heel. Buzz. I mean, they can't really commit murder because they're toys. Again, but, you know. but
3: it's it's not the same as Professor Dore in The Lady Killers, where he flat out keeps trying to push his other comrades into killing that old lady. Like...
0: And, I, and obviously what but he did to Elvis <laughs> just, It just goes back to he can play anything mm-hmm. I mean in this he's so against type In this film and you believe him And Yeah I, I fucking love this movie That's all I'm going to say at the end Nice Zach number three
3: My number three is going to get me thrown out of a three story building
4: It might be me too
3: <laughs> Who am I? You sure you want to know? somebody told you I was just your average, ordinary guy, not a care in the world, somebody lied. Truth is, it wasn't always like this. There was a time when life was a lot less complicated. Can I take your picture for the school paper?
4: Sure. In this lab, we have 15 genetically enhanced super spiders. There's 14. One's missing. Peter, are you all
2: right? I'm fine. Pete, look, you're changing. I know I went through exactly the same thing at your age. No, not exactly.
6: <sighs> wow.
1: Peter, may I introduce my father, Norman Osborne. Great honor to meet you, sir. Harry tells me you're quite the science whiz. You know, I'm something of a
2: scientist myself.
3: What the hell is that? Whatever it is, somebody has to stop it.
2: With great power comes great responsibility.
3: This is my gift.
2: Wow.
1: It is
3: my curse. Who are you? Who am I?
0: I'm Spider-Man.
1: Do I get to say thank you this time?
4: much. You're not Superman, you know. Alright, guys. Defend yourselves. (laughs) I mean... I like two other movies more.
5: Nothing will be satisfactory to Ryan.
0: No. egregious. Egregious. (laughs) My spider sense tells me you're wrong.
3: (laughs) Your spider sense may be off for the first time in the... Coming up on 60-year-plus history of (laughs) Spider-Man.
4: It's the highest that it could be without knocking off the two that have to be there.
3: Yes. Um, Well. False. Well, hold on. Well, Corinne and I are allies for the moment. We might diverge later. In the meantime, though, um, yeah, no, I... My parents took me to the theater. I loved it.
0: It's, I know. I mean, everybody saw it. was the first movie to gross over a hundred million dollars its first mm-hmm. weekend.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, uh, it, the image of Norman Osborn stuck with me as like this is this is a bad guy performance. Like mm-hmm. this is a villain performance. I didn't. I don't think I'd seen Batman eighty nine with Jack Nicholson yet. So like I didn't have a frame of reference for like. Well, where are they? Picking up comic book villain performances, so, so you probably
0: didn't see because you didn't have a Warner Brothers ball cap. <laughs> I didn't. No,
3: that's the problem. They, I my parents wouldn't get me one for Christmas, Ryan, and I've hated them ever since. Um, no, um, uh, that performance. This was the first Sam Raimi thing I ever saw. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 influential in so many ways. I mean, this is the film that. I, I would say X-Men's the one that brought comic book culture to the forefront, but this is the film that made it... I think it, solidified it. Yeah, this is the one that's like, oh, these things can make a ton of money and be so incredibly well-made at the same time. Like, uh, The story is solid. The performances are excellent. Cliff Robertson as Uncle Ben is fucking incredible. Um, uh, uh, P- Toby Maguire knocks it out of the park. He's a little too old, but I... You know, everybody makes those arguments of like this actor's too old to play a high school kid, and I'm just like, yeah, but
4: I'm i maybe he's I mean he's his a aunt's senior, an right? Too is old he this in the movie? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's yeah. A, that's, a bigger, that's a bigger
3: that's a bigger argument. But like my my thing is is that like I suspend my disbelief on that front. Like it's just like it doesn't matter. Like that they, they, they've got the right performers in the right role here for this film, uh, and uh, I, I think that it. I like the. I like how this film is scary in places. I appreciate where there's moments of terror suspense that Raimi's playing with the Thanksgiving scene. It's one of the most tense Thanksgiving movies ever made probably because of that scene. Um, uh, the violent ending, the violent, the, when that, when that glider went through him, I was, I think it was a kid. I'm not expecting that level of violence in that kind of a movie. And that, that is just a brutal one. And he's bleeding out of his mouth. Like it's, it's unsettling, um, and yeah, it was. It's it's a it's an undisputed classic. It has to be on this list. Not even a question.
4: I mean, I love it too. It's the beginning of a amazing franchise of not only like Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, but all of the Spider Man that come after, and it just shows you like how. I mean, okay, yeah, Ryan's like the number one Spider-Man guy on the podcast, but it's like we can like Spider-Man too. Everyone loves Spider-Man. We do
5: like Spider-Man too. It's the best film of two thousand four. That's right.
4: Very appealing. Damn right it is.
3: (laughs) We can like Spider-Man three.
0: Maybe the best film of two thousand seven. Kill (laughs) him.
4: But you know, it's just like, I mean, he's a newspaper photographer. He wears a lot of red and blue. I mean, I like it. And uh as I was telling them during the trailer when I went to the Warner Brothers lot last summer we got to see where they filmed um, well, they probably filmed a couple of different scenes, but they at least noted, like, "Hey, this is where they filmed the upside down kiss scene in Spider-Man." and We were like, "What?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just like taking pictures of this like random alley because
3: Sony doesn't have a lot as cool as Warner Brothers, but now True. Warner Brothers doesn't have a business that's as cool as Sony. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth?
3: Um, and and I and I understand how she relates to Peter Parker being a journalist and whatnot because I look at Norman Osborn and I think, now there's a man. To emulate a very stable Scientific mind who's clearly The best father in the world uh, And just and he sacrificed So much Ryan do you know how much He sacrificed I do <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah no it's 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 a fun Movie and yeah. it, it, it has a good Sense of, I like watching this movie and
0: fun movie. Like, It's an amazing y- movie
3: I like watching this movie Years <laughs> later and re- recognizing Where the humor is this is actually The first superhero movie I showed Mattis On my own, like, like parents don't include in here. This is Uncle Time. I showed him this, and, of course, when Bruce Campbell popped up on screen, naturally the kid went up to the television and went, Who is this god?
0: (laughs) He says he's some sort of king, I heard.
3: Yes, exactly. He's a king. Uh, I mean, he could have stayed behind. Could have been king. Do you know what he said to me? He said, Uncle Zach, do we hail to him?
4: (laughs) I mean, it's such a cinematic experience, like, when he learns how to shoot the webs. Go web, <laughs> go web. Yeah, that's that was web. so fun in the theater. I mean, the whole movie was so. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Spider Man.
0: Uh, my number three is my favorite film with this actor in it. I wanted to ask you
2: something because you're a doctor, right? Yeah. I don't like myself sometimes. Can you help me? Mary, I'm a dentist.
6: This is Georgia.
2: This is Barry
6: Egan. So what do
1: you do, Barry? I have my own business. Uh, we have a non-breakable handle. Let me demonstrate for you.
3: You're married,
6: aren't you?
1: No. Barry, what's your sister.
3: There's this friend of mine from work, and I want you to meet her. This is Lena. Hi. Hi. Do you
4: have a girlfriend?
1: no it must be
6: weird for you to have
1: so many sisters uh... actually no it's very nice all remember right. we
4: used to call you gay boy and get all mad what's that we were calling uh... you gay boy you got so mad
1: i saw your picture and i really wanted to
2: meet you Oh, uh,
6: uh, uh. are you lying <laughs>
0: no. i didn't want to get too far along going out
6: and be hiding
4: something
0: this is barry hey it's georgia
6: how did you get this number?
4: I was wondering if maybe you could help me out with some money.
6: Yeah, no, sorry.
1: You've just made a war for yourself that you can't afford.
6: I'm going to Hawaii on Friday.
1: Hawaii? I was thinking about going there. Really? I'm going to start a collection of puddings and coupons that can be redeemed for freaking flyer miles.
6: That's insane.
0: This is Barry.
1: You canceled your credit card. That's a bunch of bull. Get your supervisor on the phone.
0: Yeah.
2: What's your name, sir? You're sick. No, no, no. Shut up! Shut up! Shut, 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 shut up! Are you threatening me? Yes. That wasn't good. You were dead.
6: Out, help! And all at once I knew, <laughs> you once, I knew I knew.
3: so much strength in me, you have no idea. I have a love in my life. It makes me stronger than anything you can imagine. He needs me, he needs me, he needs me.
0: Uh, my number three film is Punch Drunk Love. It's my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Um, he plays a toilet plunger salesman. Mm-hmm. And one night he comes home and he calls a sex line operator. Do those even exist anymore? I don't know. And when he does that, they try to blackmail money from him. And it also is an interesting exploration exploration of someone who is not quite there and has mental health issues. And this is really the film that showcased that Adam Sandler is more than just the, ooh, guy. Um, And he's also really funny in it, but in a kind of an off-putting way. But his character is really endearing. Mm -hmm. And you just, you feel bad for him throughout the whole film. And it has an uncomfortableness to it. Um, And I I love the way it ends. I love that he beats the fuck out of those guys. And then he goes all the way to... (laughs) Uh, the uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's business and all he says is I want you to say that's that mattress man <laughs> and he's uh, and then he gets leaving and I can't remember the exact line but Philip Seymour Hoffman's like fuck you or something and he just turns around and says what did I tell you that's that and that's literally the end of the movie um, is him threatening Philip Seymour Hoffman um, yeah I just think and it's really well shot and it's one of the few Paul Thomas Anderson films that is under two hours long, um, it's just really well done, and I love this movie. Brad, number two. It's a
3: good movie, by the way. Sorry, I do like You're it. Fine. Just not my favorite PTA
5: film. Uh, my number two is a repeat. It was Minority Report. Nice. So nice. Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, great action, great mystery.
0: You know the thing with Tom Cruise, and I, I've said this before, why I love his movies—you believe everything he says. In this movie, you feel what he's going through. And I think that's why he's a successful actor. Yep.
5: Yeah. Um, and also the whole technology of the like motion-activated computer screens and everything. I actually emulated that for a uh, graphics class at, in college. So. Oh, nice. Pretty, uh, pretty cool. Hell um, yeah. Yeah. Minor report. Minority report. My number two.
0: Nice. Zach, number two.
3: Um, my number two uh, is <clears throat> a film that I really latched onto in high school. Um, it's, uh, it's a film that got me very interested in exploring further in American history, even though this film is not even were, anywhere close to accurate. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of a launch pad. Um, but it's also uh, from that ever-burgeoning period of me discovering James's favorite director of all time.
2: Winner two 2002 Golden Globe Awards and nominated for ten Academy Awards, including Best Picture.
6: And
1: my challenge! We are met at this chosen ground to settle for good and all. Who holds sway over the five points, us natives or the foreign hordes? that struck him down, let me put to rest my father's ghost.
5: Who are you? You're a priest's son, aren't you?
2: His name's Amsterdam. Amsterdam?
1: I'm New York. Everything well, you see belongs to me. But moose boys and quick thieves and blind tigers here in paradise. Everybody owes, everybody pays. What do you think you're doing?
6: I'm dancing.
1: So why aren't you dancing with him?
6: I'm not in love with him.
1: There's more of us coming off these ships every day. 15,000 Irish a week. Get all of us together and we ain't got a gang. We got an army. Challenge.
2: Challenge accepted. I took the father. Now I'll take the son. I give you my word. This will all be finished tomorrow. No, it won't.
3: So, yeah, my number two is Gangs in New York, Um, a film by Martin Please Love Me, James Scorsese. Um, You know, when you're I I think when you're going through like a history class in public education and you're learning about the Civil War, it'd be nice to learn about the draft riots (laughs) and learn about how that was a fundamental part of the division that people were feeling at that moment and learning more about how how expansive the civil war was beyond just those battles out on the battlefield. Like it was a literal fight for, uh, t- to abolish slavery and people were torn apart at the seams in various different ways. And one of them was you could buy your way out of the draft for $300, but nobody had $300. So it was a rich man's war as seen by other people.
5: Um, so that's just, the trailer said this took place in 1846.
3: It starts in eighteen forty six and then it goes up to about eighteen sixty three. Oh, it flash forwards. Gotcha. Yeah.
5: Eighteen forty six when he's a little kid and he watches his dad die.
3: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, and then he goes off to basically Leonardo DiCaprio plays a uh, uh, plays a young man who sees his father slain in battle in a fight between native born Americans versus Irish and it's a all out gang war in the middle of the snow um, and uh, he returns uh, not recognizable to. Uh, the man who slain his father, and seeks slow but methodical revenge on the man who murdered his father, played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Again, I just love the idea of if you can go into a film and you learn about a part of American history, world history, whatever, even if it's fabricated or fictionalized, it then compels you to, oh, well, let me learn more about what the draft riots are, or let me learn more about what was what was the five points like in New York at this time? Like, it, and it opens up a different world that you're not being led to in a school necessarily. Um And the, you know, the, the, the one thing about this film is that I wish it would like actually attempt to dissect elements of the African-American experience in New York during this time, because that would probably be a, uh, an interesting beneficial addition to a film that's already close to 3 hours why not just go the full monty and make it a 3 hour film and have something in that um but the film we get i think is still a very solid gangster epic that touches on many parts of american history that unfortunately have not gone away i mean the xenophobia and flat out racism that bill the butcher portrays is something we experience when we look outside of our door and see a person with a red hat on so you know, it's it's very, it's very telling that, you know, you can look back into a history book and see how little has changed. Um, and to have a film like that on this grand a scale, basically telling a revenge story that can communicate those ideas is phenomenal to me. It's not Scorsese's best film. And I understand why people wouldn't like it. But this is a film that I constantly rewatch, dissecting it from art direction down to... The the music and the costumes, like just looking at it was a visual treat. So, yeah, that's why it's my number two.
0: It exists. Mm. It looks nice.
3: And Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing.
0: Sure. He was Lincoln. He was. I'm just keeping on waiting for the leprechaun to pop out in that film. It doesn't. <laughs> it killed me, father.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it's time for me to kill you. Oh,
3: my God. Can we go in, can we George Lucas this movie and put a leprechaun in?
0: No, I just thought of a prequel for the leprechaun movies. It takes place in 1863 New York.
3: (laughs) Daniel Day-Lewis versus the leprechaun in leprechaun in...
0: I'll get you out of the draft (laughs) if you give me a gold coin. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Anywho. Yeah, anywho. Corinne, number two.
4: So if you've been paying attention... You might be wondering, well, which one's going to win out? Which movie, obligatory movie, is going to be number one and which one's going to have to be relegated to number two? Well, it ultimately came down to quality. So this is the lesser of the two, and it's the fifth film in a multi-year franchise, but also the second.
2: I will not let this Republic be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. If they do, there aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers.
3: You know I don't like it when you do that. Sorry, Master. I forgot you don't like flying. Well, you've lost him. If you'll excuse me...
2: I hate it when he does that. Anakin, don't do anything without first consulting either myself or the council. You don't need guidance, Anakin. I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi. The boy has exceptional skills. His abilities have made him
5: arrogant. Excuse me. I'm in charge of security here, milady. They
1: are using a bounty hunter named Jango Fett to create a clone army. Wait.
3: We must stop them
2: before they're ready. Your clones are very impressive. They'll do their job well.
1: Blast! That's why I hate flying!
2: This is a crisis. The Senate must vote the
0: Chancellor Emergency Powers.
2: As my first act, I will create a grand army of the Republic to counter the increasing threats of the Separatists.
1: There hasn't been a full-scale war since the formation of the Republic.
2: You must join me, Obi-Wan. And together, we will destroy the Sith. The dark side clouds everything. In grave danger, you are. Ah! gun this clone war has
4: so my number two is star wars attack of the clones uh you know i had an interesting discussion with my friend brett recently we were talking about like what's your favorite star wars movie and i went through my list and he got to his list and it was like. Empire Strikes Back, then I think A New Hope, but his number three was this movie, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, I think everybody agrees it's like the worst of the nine. Mm. It's a, definitely the worst of the prequels. Like, I don't know. And he's like, I well, you know, Menace I like worse. it, and da 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 da, and all this, and I'm like, mm. I don't know.
5: Phantom Menace didn't have like a straight up diner scene, like ripped out of True. America, <laughs> yeah,
3: because, Phantom, because Phantom Menace didn't have the balls to be a mystery movie, like. Attack of the Clones tries to be.
4: Right. <laughs> I mean, also, The Last Jedi has a casino. Yeah. We're last just going to overlook that. Movie, and it's
3: a great casino.
5: <laughs> it's probably the worst part of that great movie. Though. That's
4: true. That's true. Yeah. Last but Jedi is a great movie. Anyway, I rewatched this last night, and... It's not that bad. Oh, I don't think it's a bad (laughs)
0: movie. In
5: 2002, like, I love the Yoda fight scene. Oh, yeah. I still do. Oh,
4: I remember people going bonkers when he pulled (laughs) out his lightsaber and started fighting everybody's cheering. But
5: then 20 years later, you think about it and you're just like, Uh, that was definitely like a forced fan service thing, because why was he pretending to be feeble all the time?
4: (laughs) I'm
0: it's a strategy. Lazy like, they're, I they're am. Time.
5: I like, think
4: part of the reason why I enjoyed it well, I don't know about more, but I appreciated it a lot this time around is because of the animated shows because you know with the bad batch you go back to camino, the clone wars, you get to meet the clones and you get really uh, emotionally invested in them and some of them at least. And you know all that. So then just watching this movie and it's like seeing where it all begins and it's kind of nice it's like oh and you there are like ideas that i think were good the execution was not perfect mostly bad but like there's i don't know if i've ever noticed this before but they mention how the jedi are basically the ones who are advocating for this um creation of the army thing and bill whatever you call it in the senate and senator amidala is one of the people who are opposed to it so when they the Jedi have to protect her from the assassination plot, it's like this is almost kind of a conflict of interest, but they don't really delve into that at all, so and it's like yeah, well, see it's because from some, their point
0: of view, the Jedi are bad
4: there are some nuggets here that I'm like, you should have fleshed this out and done less of whatever this was, but you have to remember like I'm a kid watching this, and so like Phantom Menace came out when I was eight, nine. So I was like, target demographic. This comes out, I'm 11. It's got the really dumb love story, which of course my 11 year old brain's like, oh, it's so cute. They're in love. And then of course, Revenge of the Sith comes out when I'm a moody preteen. And, you know, it's like I was the target demographic for this movie, for these movies. Revenge of the Sith is
0: awesome. This movie is meh.
3: It's weird because I was about that age too when *Revenge of the Sith* came out, and it fulfilled my moody need for
4: unlimited power. So, maybe rewatch it uh, yeah. and see if it—I don't know.
0: And it won't be better than *Spider-Man*.
4: I didn't <laughs> say it, it, it was it, it, better. It won't be
0: better than *Kung Pow* or *The Fist* either.
4: But anyway, my number two was *Star Wars: Attack of the Clones*, because you know it had to be on my list, Ryan. I know,
0: and. Sure. Now Ryan. I mean, all, I mean I mean all lists are subjective but some lists are really bad.
5: Now Ryan, get your revenge. <laughs> Finally,
0: <laughs> um this is my favorite film in this film series.
1: Business. There's an elf, a man, and a dwarf having the of Mark. Speak quickly!
2: We track a band of Urukai westward across the plain.
1: They've taken two of our friends captive. Look for your friends, but do not trust to hope
2: it has forsaken these lands.
1: We're lost. I don't think Gandalf meant for us to come this way. He didn't mean for a lot of things to happen, Sam. <laughs>
2: Come back to you now at the turn of the tide. Sarum's forces have begun their attack. He is using Saruman to destroy your people.
6: They were unarmed, they had no warning.
2: This is but a taste of the terror that Saruman will unleash. You must fight. I will not risk open war. Open war is upon you. Whether you would risk it or not. A new power! It is rising, its victory is at hand. It is an army bred for a single purpose, to destroy the world of men. You must lead the people to Helm's Deep. By order of the king, the city must empty. Where is she, the
6: woman who gave you that jewel?
2: The alliance between men and elves is over. Our time here is ending, Arwen's time is ending. Let her go. Where
6: is it?
1: Just tie him up and leave him!
6: You know the way to Mordor.
2: There will be no dawn.
1: The ring.
6: Bruno!
2: It's taking hold of you.
6: You have the gift of foresight. Tell me what you have seen.
2: He is not coming back. The defenses have the hope they will hold. There is nothing for you here, only death. There is.
3: from the hill, motherfucker. Uh,
0: my number two is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, which it might be controversial, but I think it's the best in the trilogy. Um, I th- think you
4: could make that argument about all three of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You for could. For each of them. Mm,
0: I think the first one's pretty good, but I think the last two are way superior. Uh, and this one, you know, you get the whole Gollum story and he kind of has a heartbreaking story and the performance by Andy Serkis is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um you know Ian McKellen coming back there's just like all these like geeky moments and they do the hero shot of panning into on and Aragorn starting
4: Aragorn
0: to, whatever starting to uh,
4: Aragorn
0: <laughs> uh fulfill his destiny uh and Kate Blanchett's in it so you know so, barely yeah but she's still in it so I stand at attention um
4: <laughs> gross <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm just saying, I notice TMI. her. I say I notice her. I don't get a boner from her popping up no, on no, no. screen.
3: My my image of him was watching the movie. It's about an hour and a half in, and then Kate Blanchett pops up, and he just goes,
0: "No, I do this." <laughs> there she is. <laughs> um, and then, and then you fix your hair. But yeah, I mean everything, In it's cool. Um, yeah, I mean they walk a lot in it.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: They run a lot in it. They run, in march, they and walk. ride. Yeah
3: They also fight a lot In fact
5: there's like a We're gonna big, talk big
4: about this a lot later
0: Uh no We'll all interrupt you
5: They ran the whole time And they could just Rode some eagles Straight to their destination
0: Without <laughs> any adversaries Alright shut up Silent Bob <laughs> 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 So yeah My number two is Lord of the Rings The Two Towers Sweet Brad You're number one
5: Finally We get to the real number one Which is no surprise. I have also chosen the Lord of the (laughs) 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 Spider Man, the first original Spider Man. Boy, Uh, it was amazing. Uh, If if you were there in that time when it released, it was all we were we were enjoying. Um, It was so cool Um, watching this boy get bit by a spider and then learn his powers and then fight a scientist. That's right. The death.
0: <laughs> In the balls.
4: Why are his villains always scientists, Ryan?
0: because uh, it's knowledge drove them mad. It's uh accidental villains. Mo- most of them are not bad people. Norman Osborn. Mm. Flint, Mar- <laughs> Flint Marco's a criminal. It's not really a scientist. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. But he's not a bad guy either. He's just had some he just has. But he gets luck.
4: turned into the Sandman because of science. Yep. It's always science. Yeah,
0: that's what Spider Man is, science fiction. Look, what do you want from Stanley Stan- was a little <laughs> one note? <laughs> what do you want from a from well, guy I mean, the lizard didn't get bit by a lizard? <laughs> I mean he was trying to regrow his limb. That he I lost tried in to the do war. that,
3: but Jack Kirby told me no. Uh Steve Ditko. <laughs> okay, sorry, fine, Steve Ditko. I swear to God. That's fine. I'm
5: Spider-Man. Rolling over in his grave right now. I know.
3: <laughs> fine. Let him.
5: Um yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um CGI, a little rough these days, but what isn't holding up very well from this era, really. Um, Uh. Other than that, can't really complain. It was was just a ton of fun. And really, like, Marvel just took over uh, this era. Um, And didn't really give it up. I mean...
4: Other than the Batman trilogy.
5: I mean, the Dark Knight came in there for a little bit, but then Iron Man dropped Mm -hmm. the same year as Dark Knight. So, and they, they were off and running again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Being even more faithful to their comic book sources, so
3: Marvel's ran supreme for over twenty years now. It's just the the quality of the films just got better and better over time. Yeah.
5: Only like the Fantastic Four yeah. and the Marvel Legends stuff kind of didn't take. Yeah.
3: yeah, Daredevil didn't take either. I think it's
5: Hulk didn't take either, but
3: no, he no. eventually did. Yeah, but yeah. that first Hulk was a disappointment for people.
5: Yeah, between like the X Men and Spider Man, yeah, yeah, they they dominated. Well, for DC. Well, yeah, because
0: it helps when you have... I mean, Spider-Man's the most beloved character ever, and Wolverine is super popular. So you get someone like Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. and
3: You guys keep saying that, but I think everybody went to those X-Men movies to watch two old men play chess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh,
0: I would say more, but I want to make sure I end this podcast on mine. So, Zach and Corinne, tell me about Lord of the Rings.
5: I'm take a nap. Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay. Um, it began with the this, forging of the great rings. So
0: Zach
5: and
3: I, three were given to the elves, the mortal wisest and fairest of all beings. Oh wait, no.
4: I'm not so doing Zach, that. you and I have the same number one. That's right. We Lord do, of the Rings, The Two yeah, Towers. Because
3: we're dorks. Hooray!
4: <laughs> yes, quality wins out. Yes,
3: exactly.
0: Um, so I'll let you go who first. Put Attack of the Clones ahead of Spider. That's
4: what I meant. <laughs> it reigns over. Attack of the Clones, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Boo.
3: <laughs> and Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, a nerd property, reigns over Scorsese for me. Um, I mean, Lord of the Rings was big for me at this point. It was... we, My friend Sam and I got very excited going to these movies because that's around the time we started becoming friends is when the first... The Fellowship of the Ring dropped. And so... Uh, on DVD, sorry. So we... Clamored around that, and then Two Towers came out, and we saw it with our own respective parents, but we would come back and, you know, get back into the lore. The video game came out not too long after, and the video game on PS2 was so much fun. Um, I started reading the books after seeing this movie. I was like, all right, fine, let's let's just read ahead and see what happens. Um, The older I get, though, this film, this particular entry becomes even stronger because of... uh, uh, Bernard Hill as the King of Rohan because Theoden. Theoden, Theoden's arc is remarkable to watch in this film. The scene where he is outside of the grave of his son mm. is absolutely devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that there's this... the The horror infusion... And this entry is really strong with Grima Tong and Christopher Lee just hamming it up. all And over. the Nazgul. The Nazgul, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're all over the films in that trilogy, but this one in particular has some of the darkest imagery you're going to see. Um, and, I, I mean, Ryan's already spoken on it, but Andy Serkis as Smeagol and Gollum is one of the most groundbreaking things that has ever happened in a film, period. Because uh, I I thought this was all motion capture for all three entries. And in fact, it was actually kind of part motion capture, part digitization on the computer. Mm -hmm. And by the third entry, they were in full mocap mode. But in this one, you are watching an actual performance. And it lends credence to the fact that despite the fact that this is a CGI character, it is breathing so much life into it. Like you're not going to believe a Thanos ever without something like this starting it. It has to come from a source that is grounded in something so fucking human as greed and, uh, and regret and guilt that Smeagol and Gollum are wrapped up in. Um, And uh, every one of these movies makes me cry, whether it's this trilogy or the prequel trilogy, uh, or the Hobbit trilogy, um, and it's Sam at the end when Frodo's asking him like, "Why are we doing this?" and he talks about because there's good in this world, Mister Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. And it and it hurts my soul to hear it, like to, to 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 hear that wonderful speech, and then have Colin wandering through the woods as they're gonna go off on the next leg of their journey, and he just goes, Curtlet. <laughs> I'm Like, oh fuck, no, not Caleb, no, not the spider. So um and um I think Aragorn's actually an under an undervalued part of this film too. He he his shining moments in the third one. Like that's where he really gets right, to Right.
4: But he has a good rapport with Daedon, and that continues into the third film and, too.
3: And Miranda Miranda Otto. Um and I think this is really the beginning of the Legolas Gimli team up. <laughs> <laughs> like where they're, or not team up, they're competition. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, the wonderful line where Gimli looks around the corner and just goes, toss me. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I cannot jump a whole way. I cannot to toss me. Don't tell the elf. <laughs> so
4: the I remember the them. first time I saw that in the theater, mm-hmm. I I I must have had to go to the bathroom or something because I remember walking out and missing that part oh. where they get tossed onto the the, mm-hmm. the walkway up to the gate or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So uh, the second time I was like, oh, that's what that was. Okay. <laughs>
3: and this and this movie, those there, there's one thing that frustrates me about this movie, and it's that it's so wonderful watching Christopher Lee that. In theaters for Return of the King, we don't get Christopher Lee in that film at all. I love the extended edition of Return of the King for that reason. But I love his booming voice like permeating every hall imaginable, going, March to Helm's Deep, leave none alive. Like it's just like, oh my god, that voice is incredible. Um
4: This was Christopher Lee's year. Oh I mean, yeah. Did miss an Attack of the Clones?
3: If only he had found a way to be Spider Man. <laughs> Yeah. Who could he have played in Spider-Man?
4: Uncle Ben. That <laughs> no, would have been awesome. no no. <laughs> Peter <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. And he just holds up an orb. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh but yeah, Lord of the Rings of Two Towers. It's fucking cool and dope, yo.
4: So much I could say about this movie said it before i grew up watching it all the time watch the movies the extended editions the appendices everything listen to Mm -hmm. the soundtracks constantly um i haven't revisited it in a long time and then i re-watched it today and it was just oh man it just hit me Mm -hmm. and like you were saying that that scene with theoden mourning his son just breaks my heart yeah. And I still think about that line no parent should have to bury their child. Yeah. Like anytime something yeah. like that happens and I'm like no parent should have to bury their child. Yeah. And this movie really gets into the horrors of war and you can really feel that JRR Tolkien was a World War 2 veteran or World War 1 veteran, sorry. Um and just like the influence that his experience had on the world he created, um the Dead Marshes especially, um that was oh. I think yeah that was Pretty much like
3: so. I love from qu- I love, like a
4: battlefield that he had been on for like months. I
3: love quoting the line father of the Lats, but like that the the we were going back to horror imagery, horror imagery, and World War One are common allies because of the way everything filled out of German expressionism. And Jackson's just recalling that with the march to the dead marshes, like it's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I I. And also, meme culture has really benefited from this movie because of...
4: Yeah, what do your elf eyes see? They're taking the hobbits to Isengard.
3: Isengard. And then also, what's taters, precious? Boil them, mash them, stick them in his stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in his stew.
4: When uh, Colbert, they did the Lord of the Rings rap, and at one point, uh, what's the guy who plays Samwise...
3: Oh, Sean
4: Astin. Sean Astin. He has, like, a gold chain with a potato on it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're saying meme culture for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I always loved the the fellowship people. You know, those were the characters I invested in the most when I first watched the movies. But going back, like you were saying, Theoden and his arc really hit me this time around. I think as an adult, you really... Yeah, you feel it.
3: You feel it more. The Return of the King is still my favorite of them, but this one is a is an easy close second. You know,
4: oh man, they're all so good. guess yeah, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. It's fucking
3: difficult. But anyway, we've we've talked on long enough, and
4: I could fill a whole like commentary with my thoughts about that movie.
3: They, we they are microphones for a reason, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yep.
4: Anyway, Ryan. You have a number one that we cannot guess.
3: Ryan, your,
0: your number one doesn't have Christopher Lee, so I automatically reject him. <laughs> uh, my number one movie of 2002, and the number one movie that should be everybody's number one, thank you, Brad, is Spider-Man, because it is leaps and bounds better than Attack of the Clones. and um, But yeah, as a Spider-Man huge fan, um, there's moments in pop culture where it's almost surreal for me because Sam Raimi is my favorite director. Spider-Man is my favorite character in all literature.
4: So the stars aligned for you. It
0: it totally aligned. Um, Like they
4: custom made this movie just for you.
0: Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I have on letterbox. They have your four favorite films of all time and uh, mine will never change. It's always army of darkness, night of the living dead, Pinocchio and Spider-Man. This one? Yeah. And there is... I I think No Way Home is probably the best Spider-Man movie. Um, But nothing will compare to going to see this at midnight with friends. And the theater is sold out. And people are cheering for something that I've loved since I was in high school. And um, Brad and I were in the same high school just a year. He's a year younger. But when we were in high school and, like, you know, you have a Star Trek thing on here. I had Spider-Man. I was made fun of constantly for loving comic books and all this stuff. So when Spider-Man came out, and it's such a big hit now that everybody loves Spider-Man. Everybody loves the Avengers. It's In my mind, it's like you're, like, 35 years behind Hmm.
5: me. I I barely knew anything about Spider-Man until this movie came out. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, I get it.
4: Yeah. I'm in the same boat.
0: And it's...
5: Like, here's this this kid in high school who's... Uh, marginalized and yeah, um, he's a, you know, a nerd and yeah, I identified pretty quickly. I mean, I
4: think this was the introduction to Spider-Man for a lot of people. I I, I had Hands the
3: down. I had the benefit of some comic books and the animated series, but this was true. this opened the door wider.
0: Yeah, and it's you know, and the, I, I've said it before. There's always moments, and no matter what the Spider-Man film is, even when Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man Two aren't the the best films. There's always moments I latch on to because, you know, like Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker is great. But in this, to me, there's always little moments that are Spider-Man. And it's a little moment in this film that, I mean, it's kind of a big one. It's the hero's choice. You know, the Green Goblin is holding up a trolley car full of children and people. And he's also holding up the person that Spider-Man loves. And he says, You know what sucks about being a hero? You got to make a choice. I try to make you have the easy way out. Yeah, we could have teamed up and done whatever. Make your choice, hero. And that Spider Man saves her and saves the kid, like that brings like tears to my eye because I'm such a nerd, you know? And to have that realized and have Sam Raimi as the director, where I've grew up on Sam Raimi, whether it's Evil Dead or Dark Man, I see him in the films, you know, the, the zoom ins. Um, the punishment of the hero uh, which why he's perfect for Spider-Man yeah. Spider-Man has a Peter Parker luck so it's to me it's just the culmination of my life in a surreal geek moment where Spider-Man is being di- my favorite character across all literature is being directed by my favorite movie director and that I love comic books and I love movies It's it's something you never thought you would ever see in your life and then when I go into work I've told the story hundreds of times, but it's still like, I went and saw it at midnight and I used to work at the Outback in Denver West and Denver West used to be really the only movie theater around here. And I so I saw it at midnight. I had to be at work at seven in the morning and the next showing for Spider-Man had to have been like eight or nine, but that was in the days where you couldn't reserve your seats and you had all these tickets you had to buy in the box office. And when they opened the doors, you had to run in and get your seat. And so I passed that Denver West theater and the line for Spider-Man went all the way to the soundtrack on the other side. Mm-hmm. And in my heart, I'm like, this is going to be really big. And that means I'm going to see Peter Parker show up again because, you know, that's what they do. It's a sequel. And, and here I am, fuck, uh, 20 years later, and there's three, five, eight, nine, 12 Spider-Man movies. And soon there's going to be another one next year and then another one after that. And that's just the animated stuff. I mean, I'm guessing Tom Holland's going to come back. They're going to back up a truck's like, here's $50 million. And
4: that's not including the TV shows.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's unbelievable. Whether it's because uh, even on Disney uh, Plus right now, they have amazing Spider-Man shorts where it just shows you how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. And it blows my mind.
5: Mm-hmm. Is that Freshman Year series coming out?
0: Yeah, yeah. the Freshman Year series coming out in two years. Mm-hmm. So it's it's unbelievable that... I mean, Spider-Man's always been in pop culture, a lot like Batman, but that he is so popular and everybody loves Spider-Man. just does my heart well. Mm-hmm. And this movie perfectly captured it, and it's my favorite villain. And I can't picture anybody else but Willem Dafoe being the Green Goblin. Do you, do- That's so
5: much so Marvel couldn't picture anyone else. Because. Yeah, they were yeah, just like... Uh... I mean, how, how, how do you up it?
0: Mm-hmm. Because you're dealing with a... It, you can't. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know who I'd have play him.
3: Fine, Kevin. I'll do it. But I <laughs> want to get in that fucking suit. Tom And Hanks. I want you to abuse my
0: body. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks could play him. I mean, you, and you got to find, I, I don't know. I don't know what the perfect sweet spot for Norman Osborn is. I mean,
3: it's uh, I, Willem I, Dafoe. I, now I'm trying to picture Tom Hanks as
0: the Green Goblin, and it's strange.
4: Denzel Washington.
0: Denzel. You know, I know Ooh. what I thought. Denzel Washington would make an awesome Doctor Doom that's
4: what you were saying on the yeah, podcast episode. because just he has like that
0: regalness to him and that command presence i mean he's a little too old to be dr doom because reed richards are supposed to be rivals but i think you can make him his professor or something because i think he'd be a badass dr doom you're listening kevin feige I mean, but i'm i heard that he shows up in wakanda forever
6: ooh.
3: I'm thinking, by the way, like, about the dialogue <clears throat> of that scene where he's going, like, it's right after he goes, the itsy bitsy spider went up the water. He's doing that. Mm-hmm. The dialogue of the Green Goblin, and I know that it's uh, uh, it's not Sam Raimi writing the script, but it sounds like a Sam Raimi taunt coming from mm-hmm. one of the demons in the cabin in Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. It's so beautifully done. Like, he. Like Willem Dafoe's performance sends to me because it's just like, you know, if you set this in a cabin, it's pretty much just Evil Dead with Spider-Man based on the way characters are interacting with each other.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, I mentioned I love that moment Mm -hmm. where he has to choose. But also, if you go to who Peter Parker is, when the Green Goblin dies and he I mean, the Green Goblin kills himself in Mm -hmm. a way and he says, don't tell Harry. Pete lives with that
6: mm-hmm. That
0: Harry Osborn is creating Things to destroy Spider-Man Whether it's Doc Ock He becomes the new Goblin Or <laughs> you know whatever And I just That's what I love about Spider-Man mm-hmm. He's the best And that's so, why it's the best movie of 2002
3: It's a richly layered universe that I I love the I love I love the newer ones But these ones still send me Because they're it's contained in there, and I love just exploring these these people only. We've got M- Peter, MJ, and Harry, and we're just exploring them and how all of these events from this first one kind of rock their world for the course of two other films. Mm-hmm. And um, but yes,
4: I would say it kind of falls into the same thing that a, a lot of like my favorite movies from like the '50s and '60s do. Like think of like 1950 Sabrina, where. It's simultaneously timeless, but it's also very specific to that era. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I I, I think that's why everybody loves Spider-Man, too, because Stan Lee's talked about it. The reason he wears a full costume is because anybody could be Spider-Man. And I've said this before. I don't care uh, your nationality. I don't care what color your skin is. All you have to do is who is Peter Parker or now for the new kids, who is Miles Morales Mm-hmm. Who, who it, Or is Spider-Gwen? Or Spider-Gwen. I mean, who or, are these people? Or Spider-Ham. <laughs> yeah. Any pig could be Spider-Ham. Yes. Han. Exactly. It could be Porky. <laughs> I don't care. Oh. Oh, but, fuck. Don't don't tempt me with fun. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just get just get that right. Get the character right. I don't care what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Tell me with great power comes great responsibility. Show it to me. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah. When Spider-Man runs out of the Homecoming dance in Spider-Man Homecoming. And says, "I'm sorry." I cry because to me, that's the epitome of who Spider-Man is. Mm -hmm. Just get it right. That's why Into the Spider-Verse works. Yeah, because they get it right.
3: That's why the like, like the the one element of No Way Home that still like that works for me, even if not everything does for me, is him deciding like we're going to reset everything, and I'm going to save my friends in exchange to just and then I'm just going to restart the clock on myself as Spider-Man.
0: Yep, and then the people that No Way Home doesn't work for them—they're bastards. Yeah, I said it. I'm not afraid. You want to fight? No, I'm good. You're my friend.
4: I like into the Spider Verse better, but mm-hmm. I like them both.
0: And yeah, the Spider Verse is okay. <laughs> Amazing animation. Uh, we did actually get a lot of responses to this here. Cool. Um, I had to go really far back for this first one, Brad, because um, I posted Minority Report like. July 20th, just so we know. Um, And our friend Andy sent us, he said, uh, Oh man, too many to choose from, but these were my favorites. We Were Soldiers, which is also a good film. Uh, Reign of Fire. The Count of Monte Cristo.
4: Oh man, I forgot about that one.
0: Gangs of New York. (laughs) Van Wilder. (laughs) First introduction to Ryan Reynolds, Uh, really. Uh, Catch Me If You Can and Minority Report. And then he also put, and thanks for making me feel really old. (laughs) <laughs> because you yeah. do realize these are 20 years old. And I remember being out of high school to go see these fucking movies.
5: Yeah. I kind of, was when I loved in theater, but I'm not even sure how I'd watch it now. Like
0: yeah. it's faded think, from,
4: uh, Jerry and I watched it recently and it's on is it YouTube streaming? or something.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I remember I, I liking it too. It. Yeah. But I haven't seen it in 20 years, probably. Yep. Yeah. By the way, it's do you need good. an insurer, Ryan?
5: You said YouTube?
4: <laughs> I want to say. I'll look
3: it up. It's free on YouTube?
4: <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's free. You'd I think you have to rent it. You'd be
3: fucking shocked how many free movies are on YouTube oh, yeah, at this
5: that's point. That's
3: true. Yeah.
4: There are a lot.
0: And it's not ad-driven. <laughs> uh, do you have some for me, Brad?
5: I do. Um, I posted today, and I got three responses. First one's from Alex Augusta Weimer. Uh, his favorites were Red Dragon and Kung Pao. I did he really Ping. put Kung Pao? He did.
0: Fuck yeah, he's my spirit animal. <laughs>
5: Uh, I almost had Red Dragon on my list. Yay! Uh, Evan Freeze says in no particular order, Attack of the Clones, one of my least favorite Star Wars things, but twelve-year-old me ate that movie up like forty times in the theater. Uh, also chose the Two Towers, Spider-Man, Eight Mile, Blade Two, Kung Pow. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> One-hour photo, Catch Me If You Can, Gangs of New York, and the Transporter.
0: Man, all these people picking Kung Pow makes me. Wee wee wee
5: wee. Honorable mention goes to Scooby Doo. Release the gun cut.
3: <laughs> uh, that Scooby Doo movie is like
0: Scoobs. <laughs>
3: that that Scooby Doo movie is is really fucking good. It's solid. Yeah. And then lastly, uh,
5: my mom says, "Gangs in New York."
0: Wow. So. Yep. Cool. Love. Hear
3: that, Mrs. Brad?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Carol sent us a list. Hi, Carol. And she says, "Hey, Ryan, Brad, Zach, Corinne. Sadly, I'm assuming James and Henry won't be there." Hope you've been enjoying your summer, seeing any good movies lately. Uh, We have. Check out our latest episode, Nope. It's available to listen to right now. Damn right it is.
4: And pay attention to upcoming episode on Prey.
0: Yep. I I don't know if Carol would watch Prey. Maybe. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, Well, here we go again. Time for another film explosion. As usual, I'm having a terrible time getting this list pulled together. I have a love-hate relationship with film explosions. I love looking at the list, watching the movies, and listening to the podcast, but I hate putting them in an order and writing about them. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to talk about them. Agreed. Uh, here goes anyways. Number 10, Star Wars, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. You know,
5: Carol, you can actually call the show and just record your thoughts. You, you don't have to write anything.
0: Yeah. You're th- never going to get That's also out there. Um, Star Wars, not the best, but still it's Star Wars. The best part of this set of Star Wars movies is the great memory of seeing them as a family and talking about them after. Um, I did like going to see him with high school friends. Um, Number nine, Star Trek Nemesis, the last of the Star Trek original movies. It's always good to see the characters again, even if the story is a bit lacking. It must be on the list because I've been a loyal Star Trek fan since I was 13 years old. Number eight, Spider-Man. This is my introduction to Spider-Man. I really enjoyed it back then, but sadly, it's been overshadowed by each version since. Spider-Man will always hold a special place in my heart because I know someone who is crazy about him. Aw, thanks. Um, Number seven, About a Boy. She met her son, dude. (laughs) Oh, you're right. No.
4: Wow, she put it at number eight, and you're not mad at her?
0: No, because I like her. Um, (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Uh, uh, About a Boy. Hadn't seen this in a while, and I'm glad we watched it again. The awkward boy who teaches kids and adults how to really understand and accept the difference in people. I don't think I've ever seen that. Number six, my big frat Greek wedding. This one is just fun. The sweet, the story is sweet and delightful. Andrea Martin is hysterical. Number five, Divine Sisters of the Yaya, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. I love the story and the women in it. They are a bit crazy and wonderfully determined to make the end of the story a happy one. (laughs) This fucking movie. Um, Number four, Signs. Sorry, Ryan, but this is a place where we very much disagree. Here in the village, this is a fun sci-fi story with many tender moments and a good me- and good messages. There are some tense and scary bits too. If you want to hear my thoughts about Signs, uh, James and I recorded a commentary for this. Just search Real Nerds Podcast commentaries and click on Signs. Be I sure like when you signs, download
4: it. I would have put it on my list. I mean, I, I think I was tempted to. It, nope, I don't know. I it's l- garbage.
3: I like it up until the very moment where you can see those aliens and they look like they're
0: in rubber costumes. I it's one of my least favorite M night Shyamalan lets me down a lot. I know. Uh, number three, the count of Monte Cristo. This movie is one of my all time favorites. It's a wonderful story of love, betrayal, revenge, and redemption. Wonderful characters, beautifully acted by everyone. The first time we see Henry Cavell, which brings me to the one problem I have with the story. How can a man be so smart and develop a brilliant plan for revenge and not be able to do simple math to know that this young man is his son especially when he looks just like him. Duh. But I guess it makes for a good scene when he's told. <laughs> true.
4: Also, Richard Harris as the priest.
0: <laughs> yeah, true.
4: He does a good job.
0: Uh, number two, The born Identity. Action, mystery, tension, intrigue. This is one you can watch over and over. I agree.
3: I thought she was going to say, and also I love Moby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and number one is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Woo! Amazing. Enough said. But my question is, was this Zach's number six? Oh, <laughs> burn! Surprise, Carol! It's his number one. He, yeah, didn't, he didn't. He didn't. fuck yeah, up this year. I thought yeah, it was Carol. number
4: seven that he always sweeps. Oh no, somebody. he did. What
0: was? What was yours this time? Uh,
3: it was Shane Black's The Nice Guys. It's no, a no, very this solid year. Movie. Oh, this year. what Would
0: you sweep early?
3: Uh, Army of Darkness. No, gosh, Darkness. Well, Catch well. me if you Are can. You, no. Yeah. Well, it was no, all switched, switched of around. Road to Perdition. Road of Perdition.
5: Road of
0: Perdition. Yeah, 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 that That's all right. You know, some of uh us like things. Some of us don't. Uh, honorable mentions, catch me if you can reign of fire panic room and phone booth. Phone booth is really underrated. A phone booth is fucking great because you also get to hear Kiefer Sutherland's just his voice and his voice is super sexy
3: and um,
0: panic room. I, it's not my favorite Fincher movie, but it's good. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, I think it's yeah. solid. Hope Jake sent you a list. He always does a great job. I love it when his writing skills and dry sense of humor come together. Jake and I are trying to represent since James can't right now. Speaking of James, he just sent us a picture of Leona's first comic book, uh, trip to the comic book store behind her was an entire wall of Spider-Man. Sweet. Hope to see you soon. Love you, Carol. I did see that picture and yes, it is awesome. Um,
5: do you so, want me to read Jake? Yeah. So,
0: uh, Jake did send us an email. Great segue there, Carol. Thanks. You should mm-hmm. be on our show. Uh, Brad has that pulled up.
5: Uh, hi fellas. It's Jake Hart again. I think I'm just in time to send you my 2002 list. Number 10. He wrote dog soldiers, but dog I think he soldiers. made dog soldiers yeah. <laughs> or solders. Uh Not that's generally not a horror fan, dog but, soldering iron. But this is well thought through. And until Cabin in the Woods came out, it was my only. It was the only horror movie ever made where the characters in it act like they've maybe seen a movie before.
0: Have you anybody else seen this movie? Never heard of it. It's all awesome. scream. Never seen
4: it, no. Isn't it scream like that's kind of the whole premise? Is that they. They're kind of aware of
0: well, no, and well, I mean, he's they he's they're just aware of what's going on. So it's about this elite group of soldiers, and they're cornered in a farmhouse by tons of werewolves. It's uh, really awesome. And if you haven't seen it, I'll let you borrow it. I have it on Screen Factory.
5: Please do. Number nine, The Transporter. Come for the -the over-the-top car chase action. Stay for the love story between a scruffy-looking man and the young woman locked in his trunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Number eight. I need to know if
1: you're wearing a wire.
5: <laughs> Minority Report. One of the few film adaptations of a Philip K. Dick story that has something in the ballpark of the right tone. Although I do find the six sticks less believable than the precogs. The vomit sticks. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number seven, Lilo and Stitch. It's like the Disney version of yeah, E. T. B- by Disney I mean the kids' parents are dead. I was actually thinking <laughs> psycho Gorman.
6: Wow. <laughs> oh man. Wow.
0: That should be on the poster, <laughs> <laughs> just like ET. And by, but Disney and by Disney, from I mean, the, the animators parents are dead.
5: of Beauty and the Beast comes <laughs> Leo and Stitch. I mean, the kids' parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Almighty,
2: I feel my temperature rises.
5: Number six, my big fat Greek wedding, just goes to show you you should never judge a book by its cover. Because if I didn't already know what it's like, I would never watch this movie. Even trying to describe it, I'm not sure how I would get anyone like me to watch it. Quotes, a perfect storm of goofy relatives is the best I can come up with, and that definitely wouldn't do it. Number five, The Count of Monte Cristo. Adventure, excitement, open endorsement of totally unhealthy responses. (laughs) The movie was great fun, but damn, that man needs some counseling. Number four, Spider-Man.
4: And I Just Swept
5: Ryan. I feel yes. like now people look down on pre MCU super the uh, pre MCU superhero movies, but at this point in the t- in time, they were always getting better and better. Number three, The Bourne Identity, the best Bond film of the year, <laughs> <laughs> followed by I Spy, The Sum of All Fears, Undercover Brother, Triple X, Spy Kids two, and a distant seventh. Die Another Day Spy
6: Kids
5: (laughs) 2 that's money he's right there's no Bond film this year and then he put Die Another Day I'm like that's right I forgot about that one and that's awesome
0: because Spy Kids 2 is better than Die Another Day
5: I I remember him Kings of New York is better than than Die Another Day oh my
0: god (sighs) because that's so disappointing because those are movies you know that I always go see as James Bond and I remember sitting in the theater and just being really disappointed Mm -hmm. I'm like this this is a
5: studio movie right yeah (laughs) And then that one dude has, like, diamonds in his face. Yep. Cool idea, but... Execute, yeah. Yep. Number two, catch me if you can. I probably should be more concerned that this movie is basically Con Artist 101, but the guy is so likable. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, L-O-T-R, <laughs> The Two Towers. I suppose usually the second movie in a trilogy wouldn't belong at number one, but this series was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, as proven by The Hobbit Trilogy.
0: <laughs> Yo. Hobbit dig. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's
3: fine, Jake. You don't have to just have fun. <laughs> nice,
5: Jake. And uh, we forgot Extra Cool sent us a Twitter list. Oh, that's list. right. Damn. Uh, I got that up. Um, his list is Bubba Hotep. Nice. John Carpenter's <laughs> Vampires. Nice. 28 Days Later, Halloween Resurrection. I like how you stopped it. <laughs> nice for 28 Days Later. Uh it's Halloween okay. Resurrection, One Hour Photo, and Red Dragon.
0: One Hour Photo's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I've always I've said this before. Twenty eight days L- later is a cool movie, but not a zombie movie. But not a zombie movie, which people keep on saying. And they, there's parts I just don't like.
3: Yeah, but, there's,
0: but the the opening is incredible. I will say that.
3: Yeah. Also, extra cool um, having Halloween resurrection on your list. I I have to admire your courage, yeah. your strength.
4: <laughs> so you guys are talking about Die Another Day and how terrible it is. So a quick story about that. My mom and I went to the movie theater and we were trying to debate, like, what movie should we go see? Because it was out at the same time as Solaris. And we were like, I was like, let's go see Die Another Day. Like, James Bond, you know, is supposed to be good or whatever. And then she's like, no, no, this one's got George Clooney in it. Let's go see that. Worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not good. So we came out of it like, we should have gone to see Die Another Day. I will say
0: Die Another Day is better than Solaris. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. If there's like 101 movies, Die Another Day is like 100 it, it, and Solaris is it, it, 101. It's just an ill-advised, <laughs> wow. why
3: are you trying to make yeah. that film? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It looks nice. Yeah, but... Then, <laughs> anyway. Got something else? Right. No.
5: Uh, last thing Jake said was Onward to 2012.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That, yeah. So uh, to get that going...
4: I got my list together already.
0: Anyway, I think there's a Spider-Man movie that year, too.
4: <laughs> who, 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 there's would a Quentin have Tarantino that
0: movie that year, too. too yeah.
5: What else is there? There's oh, there's a big Marvel movie that year. I think. Yeah, yeah.
3: There's that, but then there's also another Daniel Day Lewis movie, an important one too. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a Batman movie that there year. There
0: is, man. There's it's a pretty good year.
3: Hmm. It's a. There's also
0: another PTA movie. That one yeah. Yeah, well, not so much. Well, which one's it? Remind me. The Master. Yeah, that one's okay. But yeah, um, thanks everybody who sent a list. I love it. We got a lot of responses. I always know when the movie year is popular, based on the responses we get. Mm -hmm. Um, Next week, we're seeing Bullet
4: Train.
3: Sure, I saw it already. Cool.
4: Fine with me? Yeah,
0: Something like that. I'm down to watch Bullet Train. I wanted to see uh, the the Patton Oswalt movie, but it's not around anymore. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't at the Alamo.
5: It's still at the C Film Center, if you want to make the extra effort.
0: Oh, I might. I might, because I want to see that. Yeah, I um, think it's through
5: the week, so I think we're good. Okay. Cool. Um, but yeah, we got a long stretch of what the fuck are we going to watch? Don't worry. We
0: have Bullet Train, Bodies, 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 the Patton Oswalt movie. That's three weeks. Yep. And then we right got a September. whole month. <laughs> 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 We'll figure it out. There's that new Jamie Foxx vampire movie. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, we could do a retro. Yeah. Always going do a retro. Yeah we'll try to do something in the theater. Maybe there's something retro in the theater. Who knows?
3: It sucks that we wouldn't do it this week because we could have just done Prince
0: of Darkness.
4: The <laughs> uh, <laughs> so only we'd have gone to see Return of the Jedi at the Esquire the other week.
0: Yep. Yeah, we could have. That was fun. Yeah, no, it's, I, I always see Star Wars in the theaters. It's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening and joining us on this journey through 2002. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, email us, call us. We're on Instagram.
3: And until we get to 2012, Argo, fuck yourselves. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Bye. See you at the movies.
1: You waited all year, hear what the nerds have chosen.
0: I'm telling you
6: all, it's a film's
0: Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.